when we finish, like when we say like the bye, don't leave. It's just so we're ending it officially, the recording. Yeah, yeah. Have you that's clearly tripped you up before people have just gone, right? People have nearly left. So. Yeah, it actually hasn't. But yeah, as Hamish said, people have almost left. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 54 of Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Conway. And I'm your other host, Hamish. <laughs> and today we're joined by Josh Banks. Josh, would you like to introduce yourself? Good morning. Yeah, Josh Banks. Banksy, Joshua Richard, 95. Big fan of the podcast. <laughs> and it is a pleasure to be here today with you fine gentlemen. Oh, that's quite intro. That's an intro. That's a you, can tell, you can tell I practiced that. I was practicing that all morning. Just getting oh, that man. bit right. It's all, down, it's all downhill from here. So. <laughs> we asked, uh, I asked before like uh, we started what your surname is because i've seen like banks some places banksy some places richards some places yeah so richard's actually my middle name banks is my oh, second God. name so uh well, I mean, well, i'm sure we'll come on to this subject later but on instagram i'm joshua richard because i don't want people who i may work with or or business contacts to actually find me on instagram so for oh, okay. uh, for reasons i'm sure you understand so yeah that makes so sense, that's though. why i'm joshua richard on there and banksy is just a nickname that I've that people people call me Banksy. Oh, that's my actual name. You were referencing that artist. No, no, not that Banksy. Well, you never know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't. We don't. <laughs> you never know. Did you see the thing about it could have been that guy from Art Attack? Yeah, that, that was that was one of our best conspiracies. Well, I can't remember his name, but yeah, another guy you're talking about. But what I will say is that um, Banksy and I both actually support the same football team. So again, you can't be too sure who you're talking to here. Do you know what? That's, that's two episodes in a row where we feel like we could have Banksy. <laughs> yeah. So, so how do we know each other? So you went to the same school as like a few of our previous guests and good friends of them, Yash, Nish, Z. I don't know. I might be missing other people. I'm not sure. But you also went Warwick? I did. Yeah. I did politics and international studies. Okay, cool. And yeah, we mentioned it as well before the call started, like how we don't feel like we ever like properly met each other or didn't like introduce ourselves formally, I guess. You two mentioned that you might have met at Hindu Sock. Yeah. I don't think we properly we spoke or anything. Like, I just think we were just there because of obviously Yash hosting. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I think my the extent of my involvement in Hindu Sock was that I uh, occasionally played football for them on a Wednesday night. So, I, but I did go, yeah, I did uh, go to uh, when Yash gave his talk and there's a good crowd there in the chaplaincy and I may have met you guys then. We have a lot of mutual friends. There's a good chance I've met you on a night out. Yeah. But I don't think we properly met like, like this. So, but I feel like I know you guys so well. You know, we never met because I, 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 I like the podcast so much i i've obviously listened to both of yours when you were guests as well oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you've got a guest host and so i feel like i know you guys really well even though we've never done this so it's, this is a bit this is a bit strange yeah it's mad because i've seen like you openly tweeting about all oh, this chat on the third wheel and so on i'm like oh shit like someone's listening to us <laughs> <laughs> so someone's listening to you yeah i've been sharing it as well i've been telling my mates to listen to like even oh, non-warrant ones like because i just think it's that good i really do but we appreciate it we appreciate it big time yeah and on listeners as well anyone who has the apple username zara mcder and gave us a nice review on apple podcasts uh, get in touch because i want to know who it is <laughs> um, for a while you only had you said you only had like one review on there and it was was it Yash just yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, Yash. <laughs> oh, yeah, Aaron, that's right. It could be. That's why he's asking. <laughs> yeah. I actually, that's, you, you brought up an interesting like point as in for someone who doesn't really know us and you kind of listen to like the podcasts, is meeting us now a bit to match up to those? Just, like, the, Does it like, match up? Voice. That was a big disappointment, Aaron. It's really disappointing. I, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's what I expect. Yeah, you guys, you guys are, well, you're, you're you. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. What do you mean? Does it match up? 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I started asking the question and I kind of <laughs> realized I didn't understand what the question I was asking was. Okay. okay I think I'm okay. I think I know you're driving. I, just, like, I don't know. When you think about like celebrities and I'm not going to put you on that pedestal. Don't worry. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like when you think about celebrities and their personalities and that is in, it's in public life and people, you feel like you know them. And then people say when they actually meet that person in real life, people say this a lot about comedians and TV presenters and they're like completely different yeah, um, yeah. because you put on a persona in, on camera, don't you? And, but I feel, well, I feel like with a podcast, it is more natural. So what is the USP of this pod, right? One of one of them is that you guys are just you. You don't put on a pod persona. Well, it doesn't feel like you put on a pod persona. You guys just pre- seem pretty natural and that's why it works. So, yeah. Aaron's voice, it does not sound like this on a normal basis. Aaron puts on that voice. Just I might put on a voice. I might put on a bit of a voice. <laughs> is your voice this deep in real life? Um, is it deep? It depends. When I'm when I'm when I'm talking to a girl, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> he wants like gigs. And, <laughs> when, <laughs> when when I'm not, it's it's probably a bit higher. Zara knows uh, what to expect now. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Zara. <laughs> but you you mentioned uh, playing football a few times. So I think yeah, I believe you played quite a high level at uni. Yeah, um, for most of my 24 years on this planet, uh, football's been a huge part of my life. And that continued through to university. And I played throughout university, but I played for Warwick. I also, for one year, played for a club alongside that, outside in the ninth tier of English football. So, I, I'd like, yeah, throughout childhood, throughout university, it was always a huge part of my life. Ninth tier, what's... What's the name of that league? So that it gets so at, when you get that low, yeah, it's it's all done in regions. So that is the Midland Football Combination. So it's the Midlands, basically. Yeah. So at, at that level, there's three regions in England. There's South, Midlands, North, broadly. But within South, it gets complicated because some of there's like London only, well, London and the surrounding area. It's, it's all, when you get that low, it all gets very messy. But even yeah, in yeah. like the fifth tier of English football you get in a, a north-south divide. Yeah, yeah, you do. So, yeah. But yeah, that's the Midland the Midland football combination. Yeah, and then you said, so you played for Warwick. Yep. What uh, what position were you playing? I think I know this. Do you know this? Guess. you got to guess. Well, hey, which is I guess if you... Goalkeeper, because I heard it on your song. Hey, okay. So you, you paid attention to the lyrics as well. Okay. A little, little preview. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I was going to ask, how do you become a goalkeeper? By accident. <laughs> usually, yeah. Usually, you, you rock up to your first Sunday league team as some as six or seven-year-old. And mm. the story normally goes that the fat kid goes in goal, right? I don't want to be horrible. To, for like, it's, the one, it's the one who, like, can't play. Yeah, the one, like the, worst bit, one, goes the one who's a bit weird and doesn't know what's going on, but um, his mum's dragged him there and he doesn't really want to play football, ends up in goal. <laughs> My parents would drag me anywhere at school. It happened to be that I'd be in that position a lot of the time. Oh, wait, you played goalie as Did well? Did you? Not by choice. Like I, It was just that I was the worst one there, wasn't it? Like, usually... <laughs> uh, I... But like, I, did play, I did play outfield. It's just that if we had a keeper, luckily, you know, sometimes we did have a keeper. Big up people like Waleed, who were actual keepers. But yeah, I basically wasn't a good football player. So see, even if I was the worst one, I was the smallest as well, so I wasn't going to go. Yeah, you go, you get away with it. That's yeah. I was always quite tall. To be honest, I, I tell her I, I actually wanted to be a goalkeeper. As strange as that sounds, so I, I remember my best friend at primary school. So I, I didn't get. I got into football quite late. My parents aren't into football. I don't come from a sporty family. But my best friend at primary school was a goalkeeper and and what would happen at break time yeah i'm sure you guys can relate is that like all the boys would go play football and and you'd always end up with like half a dozen weirdos like me who weren't into football so we just like sort of do sod all really but i just didn't want to be that guy so 
I kind of just forced myself to play. And because my best mate was a goalkeeper, and he was always just diving around and looking like he was having a great time. I thought that looks way more fun than actually kicking a ball. So I was like, I'm going to do that. And it just sort of happened, really. So I just became a goalkeeper. But I wanted to do it. But it happened by accident, if that makes sense. Yeah, because you hear like the... Always, there's like a quite a famous like convo between Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher and Jamie Carragher was like no one grows up wanting to be a Gary Neville yeah yeah like, no one funny, grows up yeah. wanting to be a fullback or something <laughs> but yeah yeah you it was kind of like came from like not really an interest in football so like goalkeeping was kind of the I think yeah two things got me into it it was it was goalkeeping thing. and Thierry Henry because as soon as I then started watching football that's okay. when Arsenal that was like the, around the Arsenal Invincible year yeah yeah and as soon as I started watching it I was just mesmerised by Henry he still is probably my hero. Like you're not an Arsenal fan, are you? But when I got into football, that I was. So when I first got into football, oh, okay. Arsenal was the team. All of my friends supported Arsenal. Yeah, they were playing a good football. I loved watching them. I didn't know. I probably only knew about the names of three or four teams, to be honest. Uh, and I, but Arsenal was Arsenal was where it was at. So that was that was actually the first team I I supported before uh, before my life got ruined and I I chose another team. How do you go from Arsenal to yeah QPR? Uh, yeah, no one chooses to do that. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. I, I always say I didn't choose QPR. QPR chose me. So. <laughs> My uncle's into football, yeah, and obviously no one else in my family is, but my uncle is, yeah, and he, he he's he's um, a long-standing Queen's Park Rangers supporter. And as soon as he found out that I was into football, he was like, "Oh, I got to take, I'll, I'll take you to a QPR game." And I was like, "What's that?" I, I didn't know what it was because, like, why would I? And he's like, "Here's coming along, you'll like it, you know, it's like Arsenal." I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, <laughs> it's not. Um, <laughs> but he, he took me to a game and, and they won, and it was, I don't know, that was quite fun. But in my head, I was still an Arsenal fan, and in my heart, I was definitely still an Arsenal fan. But um, he kept taking me, and they kept winning, and over like it didn't over time. Maybe it took maybe a year, and I kept going to get. And I just, you just sort of, you sort of fall in love with it by accident. Um, and I, I've heard this story from other people that have sort of made the switch to support <clears throat> proper proper football teams. Um, <laughs> and uh, you, you just sort of, once you once you experience the atmosphere, and you've talked a lot about the atmosphere at football games yourself, like once you experience that atmosphere, you get soaked up in it and it just, you become part of that club. And, and you know, I, I feel like it was false advertising really because the first set of QPR games I went to, they were winning every single week and I was having a great time. And it's just not <laughs> been like that ever since. <laughs> What's the capacity at Loftus Road? Uh, Nineteen thousand. If you yeah, ask Z, Z will know the exact number. He will be able to tell you the exact number of seats because <laughs> he's like that. Like seriously, I can name a QPR game that happened in 2015, and he will tell you the exact date that it happened on and exactly who scored it in what order. He's he's a genius. To be fair, should we just text him during this and see if he responds? Don't <laughs> he, us. he doesn't respond to text, so there's no point doing that. But like, you just uh, <laughs> seriously ask him. You can ask him the, the count. Ask him even if you say if you meant if you name a game, if you just name a a game, probably a Premier League game from 2015 that QPR were involved in. He will be able to tell you the exact date that it happened. He'll be able to tell you exactly who scored and in what order. Could you for some games? Could I for yeah for like the the um because you remember the like your first season in the Premier League you remember that because it's like wow we're actually here so yeah you do, you, yeah I, I do remember I think I'd be able to tell you who won the games but I wouldn't be able to tell you roughly the date and maybe the scorers but not like Z can QPR Man United Loftus Road is the same game where Gig scored in the second half yeah. Do you remember who scored the first? I think this is one of my favorite players. It's a bit of a rogue one. Michael Carrick dribbled from the halfway line and we just let said go on Michael have a goal 
Was it that one? I d- okay, I don't want to be wrong about this. Oh, imagine <laughs> Aaron got it wrong. Or was it Darren Fletcher? The one I'm thinking of. You had Julio Cesar in Oh, goal. so not that year. Okay, different year. Um, uh, Raphael. Yeah, Raphael. My guy. Bang on. I do remember this goal because yeah, I was just... Yeah, yeah no, no. Go check it out on YouTube, everyone, if, if you haven't seen this goal. Because Raphael only scores about three in his career. And, uh, yeah. oh, yeah, that, that was... He's, he's one of my favourite players. I he's, he's got a special place in that. I've wanted to ask someone this. Like, what is it like sporting a non-Premier League team? Because I guess it's just easy supporting a Premier League team. Like, the amount of mm. coverage they get, the games are on TV, like, every weekend. Mm. Like, the amount of, like, news that's on those teams, you can follow them, like, so easily. But, like, is it kind of almost difficult following no, them? So, what, so, like, do you mean, like, keeping up to date with what's going on? And, and yeah, not really. So, I think, you know, when I started, so maybe 10, 15 years ago, yeah, it was difficult because that was either pre-social media or when social media is only just beginning. So... Mm. I used to get gassed if like there was a Sky Sports or a BBC feature on QPR. I was like, oh my God, we've made it. Yeah. Um, but like, but now, you know, social media, even like, you know, in fairness to Sky, they, they do focus more than they used to on, on the lower leagues. It's, it's much easier to, to keep yeah. up with what's going on. Yeah, I think championship level has probably increased quite a bit. The quality of football's years. gone up massively in the championship. It used to die. It's, it's, and I'd say it's gone up in the Premier League as well. If you watch Premier League football from sort of 15 years ago to now. But hmm. I think in, I think the jump, I think the jump in quality in the championship has gone up more, if that makes sense. So I think it's gone from, yeah, it's, it's, it has definitely got better. And there's a massive TV deal now. So you can watch any midweek game in the championship on Sky. Okay. So there's just, there is more press, press attention. But yeah, Lof- Loftus Road is a stadium I'd like to go visit one day. I feel like it's whenever I see it on like TV or something, it looks quite different to most other stadiums. It's like a lot of the fans seem like on yeah. top of the pitch almost. Yeah, it's very old ground, so you have to you do well to get a good view of the pitch because it's just got pillars everywhere. It's a really yeah, small, yeah. tight ground, so you're, you're right. Your fans are right on top of the pitch. Like if a player's taken a corner, you could reach out and like you could basically touch the player <laughs> if you're in the front row. So it's right on top of the pitch, which means that when it's full, it's quite it can be yeah. quite intimidating for away teams because they're not used to being that close to. And also, when the ground's that small, it improves the atmosphere because all the sound is locked in. It's not very friendly to people of a proper height. Um, so you'll be fine, Aaron. But anyone else... Oh, sweet. You get... You, yeah. You stay, no leg room. It's not... It's not. If, you're, if you're expecting Wembley seats or Emirates stadium seats, you're not getting <laughs> that at, at, at QVR. But yeah, Z, I mentioned, we could switch it to Z's brother, Kian. That's another guest we've had previously on the podcast. And yeah, as most... As hopefully, like, listeners will know, Kian, if you haven't, go check out his episode. But he does a lot of music stuff. And I know that's something you've kind of dabbled in pretty recently. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. By the time this comes out, I'd have hopefully recorded a full album. And Key's helping me to do that, has helped me produce that. Yeah, I started writing mainly rap music a couple of years ago, just because I enjoyed it. And I remember I was at, uh, I was chatting to Key about it, because obviously he was getting into it. It's a similar time. And he'd, by this point, he'd already released Drops and, and Lies. And he sort of said to me, oh, you should come and do a proper recording and i was like oh, don't be ridiculous that it's just a bit of fun and he's like no no you should do it why not be like just see what see what it's like I was like, okay so we've we've done we've done that for a couple songs now and w- the intention was that i've got what is effectively a full album uh, and the intention was to at some point do that and then obviously covid happened so i haven't had a chance to really get back in the studio but but next week next week we're, we're, we're gonna do it we'll see how many we can get yeah, through soon come soon come uh should we listen to some of those songs or both of those songs yeah, give the fans a little teaser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First song that you're gonna hear is Parallels. 
right now I'm feeling downcast Ramen prem outclassed Gonna spend 20 years grinding I'm in this non-league at last Proud of myself, I did well Journeys end up bid well That's a play I left back in the past For fuck's sake Back in the past I was stood there working it out Rest between sets, just working it out Contemplating past and present, what's my future about? Yeah, so, um, I was gonna say like There was a quite a few bars that I liked in it In this song, yeah And then one of the last ones that I remember The most memorable ones is when it's like There's a poet in everyone And I was like, hey, it's Shakespeare and that <laughs> That's what I was thinking when I heard that bar And I was like, yeah, like It's quite, like, for a first song as well, it's quite good Thank you, thank you I don't think this is the first song I ever wrote Oh, the release uh, at least Yeah so what, were you writing music for quite a while before you decided that you wanted to like actually make something? Kind of. I think like a lot of boys and, and young men that listen to rap, you sort of try, you try writing, yeah? And then you look at it and go, hmm. oh, yeah. that's dead. <laughs> and then you just don't look at it again. So I've been doing that for a few years. But I think I've been, I've been writing for about a year properly before we made hmm. these. And what's the one, the song we just heard, Parallels, what's kind of the main, I guess, message behind that song? Yeah, so Parallels, quite, it's probably one of my more deep songs, because in most of my songs, I try and keep it quite humorous, quite light, but this one's mm-hmm. different. So this is about, so this is me reflecting on when I decided to quit playing football. And that was a big, as I alluded to earlier, that's a huge part of my life. And it almost was my life. It was my identity. It's who I is who I was. To many people, that's still who I am. So decision to stop playing football completely, I'm drawing a parallel with it's, it's like breaking up with a long term girlfriend or ending ending a relationship and, and sort of in, in terms of the emotional difficult I know that sounds dramatic, yeah. <laughs> it does sound dramatic, but like it was like an existential crisis for me. And um that's what that song is is about. Yeah, I was going to ask because of the reference. So you're like you're in the gym, like taking rest and then working out, mm. and then you're like you're a keeper wrapping it out. So like I rate, I really rated like that wordplay there. <laughs> Thank you. I remember the exact moment in the exact gym and the exact exercise I was doing, where I decided, damn, I'm done. I don't want to play football anymore. Oh, was it was it literally like that? You I was squatting like a, in, uh, a in uh, North Harrow gym. Shout out. <laughs> squatting just to keep fit keepers repping it out and i just come i was doing a pre-season with a local team and, it, and yeah. i just wasn't enjoying it and i remember mm-hmm. thinking about it and i decided while i was squatting that i'm done that i can't be asked is it something you think you'd like ever return to no the longer that goes on the least the less likely that becomes partly because i am crap now I, I i did it like seriously like i i play i did somewhat of like people always ask oh, i need a goalkeeper I need a goal. like everyone needs a goalkeeper all the time yeah and yeah, I, yeah. And I, I, about six nine months ago i said all right fine i'll do it this one time yeah and i went and i was so bad it's just got goalkeeping is one of them things you have to keep doing it otherwise you lose the sharpness though the longer that goes on I, right, I was having doubts about it for maybe the first six months maybe the first year but then since then no I, I can't be asked. It's it's not. It's sad because I, yeah. I used to love football, but yeah, I feel like that love has been corrupted a little bit. And yeah, no, I don't think I'd go back to it. I still, you know, I still watch football, not as much as I used to. I still play a bit of five aside, not in goal, but still do a bit of that. But no, nah, I don't think I'd go back to it. Yeah, I thought the moment might have been when uh, Hindu Sock were playing Comp Sock, <laughs> and I was banging them in <laughs> top pins. <laughs> 
that was, <laughs> that was no, I, lo- I loved, you know what? I loved that. I loved playing um, for Hindu Sock because um, obviously I'm not Hindu, but I wasn't even part of the society, but a lot of my friends played for it. And I was, I didn't play in goal. Um, but yeah, to be fair, Aaron, if I was in goal and you were smashing them top bins against me, that would have been, that would have been the moment I realized I should quit. Because so, <laughs> I wasn't in goal. Oh wait, that's, that's kind of a shot <laughs> of me. If I wasn't in goal, then uh, it, it, it was okay. thinking messy right there and you just shot it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I had it. Yeah. I was going to ask about the graphics as well, by the way. Like the graphics are currently like both your songs have just a wolf graphic or like a, you know, like a bear like wolf. Is that meant to like represent like a lone wolf or is that just an accident that you just happen to have? No, it, it, is, it is a lone wolf. Okay. But uh, the, the lone wolf isn't me. But yeah, it is a lone wolf. And what was it like actually kind of producing a song with Kian? Uh, it's fascinating like watching him song. do it. Because um, oh, he, he's brilliant. He's obviously much more experienced and done a lot of production for uh, proper artists mm. <laughs> so oh, i was good just like it felt it was so, it's so satisfying to <laughs> sound like a real dickhead thing to say but to like be there with another creative person like, well actually i say another creative but i don't think i don't see myself as a creative person i don't i'm not naturally creative and he is he's a he's a very creative guy and watching him sort of take something that i've created and ask me questions about it and so you maybe tweak something here or there and even yeah. things like doing some of the the fillers and the ad libs shout out z for doing an ad lib in that song i don't know if you clocked that as well no i remember basically i remember him posting a story of him doing an ad lib some time ago on instagram oh I yeah him, like yeah, when yeah. did you become a rapper he's like no no i'm doing ad libs for my friend josh <laughs> like, no it is man yeah yeah, no, that that was him yeah uh, but like just doing that and watching watching him sort of synthesize my voice and and the beat and watching his process it's it's hard to describe in words you kind of have to be there to see it it's 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 really entertaining and you learn a lot just watching him do that about how his mind works and he's taken something and i was so proud he's taken something that i've written and that's all i've done i just wrote it and he's made it into something that actually sounds okay so (laughs) it's just you know I, i owe him a lot for that like if we're gonna ever write, end up in a diss track situation, Kian's our pro- go-to producer because we don't have any producers. Oh, 100%. There's a diss track coming. There's a diss track coming, Hamish. No, no, no. Like if anyone, if anyone wants to go with us here, then third wheel, third wheel already. <laughs> I got beat. Oh wait, are you saying you've got a diss track coming? Yes. In your album. Yes. Oh shit. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was gonna say as well. Like, oh, can we expect like a you and Kian on the on a song, or is that like a far fetch? Uh, if it's a uh, if it's a motive, if it's a motive, you, you have to ask him. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, that'd be nice. I we haven't really done much of that yet. I think for one song, for facts, which is the other one that we haven't heard yet. But um, I remember for facts, he he sort of he gave me a hook that he'd done, I think, and he said, oh, "Have you got any? Do you want to? Have you got anything for this?" And I thought, okay, I could. I've written this one song. I wasn't going to do it with a hook, but actually, it, it would work. And I did, and you know, I showed him the bars, and he just said, "Actually, do you know what? Just just have the beat." have the beat forget the hook just go with your song it, it, so we were going to do something like that but we might still do that I, I, that'd be not yeah I, I wouldn't mind doing that <laughs> the next song is fact Bonnet out, running out that session. I scored for a challenge and he put me to the test. Didn't have much left, still missing my ex. But I marched you to me, there's a spring in my step. Cause man came for Asia, I have a mad sex. Back on that road, finding that quest. Needed that release, ending that stress. Filling that hole, wiping that mess. Man, solid, I still hold tight, like still moving on too quick. Wasn't part of the deal, they say you need time. Time to see how I feel, but I don't need time. It's the pussy that heals. Fucking that bitch, they can't walk for days. Nah, bruv, when I'm fucking that bitch, I turn that ass gay. Much love for near our fate, didn't miss him. Heartbreak season. That was fact. So yeah, what was the inspiration behind this song? Difficult to say. 
what the inspiration was behind this song. It's just kind of a mishmash of different ideas, isn't it? I think it was, um, I think the main one was, I think, a previous relationship that had ended and that I found quite difficult. And it was me sort of coming to, to or not even except like, it was me getting back to normal again and remembering not to be insecure and not to feel down about it and to be proud of who I am and to just accept my situation, its facts. And that then like all the things, all the things in my life, it was almost a gratitude exercise, all the things in my life that I can be grateful for. and you know, grateful for having good friends around me, grateful for having family, for having football, for having a career. And like, so that's what that song was. It was almost a self-affirmation exercise that I want to put in pen to paper that I don't need to be sulking the whole time. Did you actually use rhymes on, by the way? I just need to verify this. So, okay. I, okay. So, so right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, use what? Do you know what rhymes is, Aaron? Type any word into rhyme zone. It's a rhyming dictionary, effectively. You type a word into rhyme zone, yeah? Any any word, and it will give you rhymes, yeah? So it's a way for rappers to cheat. So it's like, it's kind I've of me. Got <laughs> I'm trying it now. Yeah, go I'm on. Going... Wasteman. Yeah. Okay, it's giving me Bateman. Yeah. Baseman. Placed one. Space. So it gives you exact oh, rhymes and near rhymes. Um, so right, um... I want to hear two bars by the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, yeah, if you know what it is, yeah, that means you've used it. So, uh, every, like, I, I, no, 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 I've, I've heard of it. Cause, <laughs> I've heard of it because of the rapid media, so like, I'm, yeah. I'm aware of it. Okay, fine. I mean, it's it's something that a lot of people won't want to admit that they use. I don't use it much to say I've never used it would be a lie. But sometimes you can't. Sometimes, yeah, you're writing and you've got what is a sick verse or a sick bar, and it's just missing a final piece of a jigsaw to make it flow properly. And sometimes you just need that one word to help it connect. And I don't think, you know, maybe some people think that that's, that's cheating or that's wrong. But for me, I know in my head, I've done the creative bit myself and I'm just getting it, like, just that tiny, that last little bit. I'm sure there are rappers that use it all the time and that, that does seem a bit wrong, but. I think something more wrong than that is Master Writer. So like it's where it kind of writes a lot of your bars out for you. Yeah, I've not heard of that. I've not heard of that, but oh, is it just, is it, is it AI or is it? I don't know the exact specifics, but I found out because of the P money and Dot Rotten beef. So that's when I was like, raw. That's when obviously all the respect for Dot Rotten had gone out the window. When P money used. But why? If, if there's a tool exists out there that can benefit your song, why not use it? You can't go around claiming you write all your songs and you're like, this, that's the this problem. Person. But if you use this, you're still writing it, surely. Yeah, that's, I think you're just it's using about a tool extent, to help you. right? So, I mean, if you're an artist, it's not just for a rapper, by the way. You can make, you can say this for any art form, right? Part of, surely part of being an artist is that it's your creativity. So if you're relying on things, especially like ghostwriting, like what did you call it? Ma master writer, yeah. If you're relying on somebody to do it for you, and these, this does exist. I know ghostwriting's a thing. It's not your art, is it? Really not your art. Ke I know Kian talked about that a little bit, I think, in his episode. I, so I think there's levels to it. I think the bar in my song, I'm just trying to have a like i'm sort of making fun of that i'm trying to be yeah. sort of self-deprecating that if it rhymes well yeah. it's rhyme zone it's not me but it probably is me and the irony there is that was me yeah i thought you were taking the piss like i thought you're like yeah it's <laughs> a rhyme zone but it might probably isn't but yeah that's why i can't listen to p diddy because like he literally doesn't write his songs like it doesn't it's not representing like p diddy right write any of his songs pretty much the majority of his songs he has had a writer and there's really? many well well-known like artists that are out there now that have written for p diddy including 50 cent but that means you can't listen to it. It basically, like, I like to, like, understand a bit about the artist, isn't it? But if, for example, 50 Cent was writing his songs for a period, like, he's like, that's not really P. Diddy, is it? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's just not, 
representing him. I was, I was like, I understand, like, he made it really good, like, like you know, he made it out there, like, really famous, etc. And he's basically giving them income and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But for me, I'm like, the people who I appreciate the music most are people who are, like, proper lyricists, like, from the UK as well. Mm. Because I, I always look for, like, extra meanings and things. Like, extra meanings in, like, you know, bars and everything. So I appreciate when people, you know, say stuff. And say stuff especially when it's related to them. It doesn't mean I understand them any better. It just means that, you know, like, at least it's a bit more authentic, if that makes sense. But you can still, like, couldn't you have someone... Like, the song could still be about me. But I, I might have, like, told them what to write about. Yeah, but and then say, you can, can tell when it's not, like, your words or stuff. Like, you, you can tell when it's not, like, a person anyway. It's like, for example... um. So you see KSI songs, yeah? You could tell he pretty much writes most, if not all of them. Whereas like someone like Ricegum, if you've heard his music, you know that he definitely didn't write it. Apart from that, he's been exposed for it already. Like you can tell like the difference when someone... How would you know what I, you I, don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. How, well, how would you know what I mean? You can actually check Wait, Okay, that's a good point, yeah. There isn't a point of ghostwriting. So I thought the point of ghostwriting was that you pay someone to not only write it for you, but you then, you then get to take the credit for it as well. That's, that's, isn't that what ghostwriting is? Yeah, but I don't believe KSI does it as well. I don't believe it, at least from the evidence out there. It, he could do, but I don't. I feel like why would he ghostwrite? Like you know, like no, yeah. Why yeah. would you? But isn't that what you're both describing there? So isn't that the tension between? It's about how you listen to music. So there's the art and the artist. So it sounds to me, Hamish, like what you're saying is that for you, mm-hmm. it is it's impossible to separate the art from the artist. You want to know what the artist means by that. Whereas yeah. someone else could be listening to a song in any genre and. They're just listening to the song for the sound. Yeah, no, that, that that's fair, but yeah, that's that that isn't exactly how I listen to songs, is it? So it's one of those things. I, I understand if people do that. As I said, like PDD successes, you can't really go against it, you know? Like he's made it out there by just having writers, basically. So you can't even like go against it. It's just like that's people's preference and it is what it is, isn't it? Like it's just not what I listen to. Josh, when you're writing a song, how does that come about? Like, are you kind of figuring, like, is there just random stuff you see through the day and you're like, and it just comes to your mind and you're like, okay, that's a bit, that's a bit. And then over time it kind of like formulates itself or is it like you sit down for like a few hours and then just write one out? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of, sometimes it could be both. It's usually the latter for me. So like I said, I'm not a creative person. So I will, if I'm in a creative mood or a creative state, I just sit down and it just comes out. And that's usually, for me, I'm usually drawing on some sort of emotional experience, either positive or negative. And it's just a way for me to express that. And it just comes out and suddenly, that's why I said, is there a poet in everyone? It's like, does everyone, I sort of wonder, I I reckon everyone has that in them, but maybe for some people, it just takes a bit of an emotional experience to bring it out. So it's usually that. Sometimes it's the former. So sometimes it's, I'll think of a clever bar and I'm like, oh, I'm writing that down. And I might use it at a later date. So I've got, I've got a notes in my phone just full of verses that don't actually connect to each other at all. It's just bars, but it's just, oh yeah, I can write it down, that's clever. Might use that later. So it's a bit of both. <laughs> I actually keep like a few sets of like, how do you call it? Like random bars that I can use in future rap or craps here. Like, so that, you know, in the one I put in Kian's one, yeah, I actually, I just had like random ones that I always kept, but then some I had to like spice up or anything just for the context. <laughs> yeah. So like, I always do have that. Like, I don't know where I used to have like a bigger like notepad or stuff like way back when. Inevitably in the future, when you hear another rap or crap, when I bothered making one. Um, you'll probably hear snippets from the other one because they're, they're not like, I don't know, when I've written those, some of them are designed to like songs that are already out there in the beats, but I just twisted it to my benefit or rhymed it to their rhymes, but with my, my twister. And even if it's, whether it's a joke bar or if it's a real bar, it's just like, you can mix it in in a rap or crap game so easily because you don't know. Like there's a lot of stuff said and you can get away with, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Hamish, do you think you can write a rap song? No, probably not. I'll, I'll probably go, need I'll a bit of help. Him that. 
I, I I would try, but like I don't think I could do it to like a a unique beat unless. Yeah, I think I need basically. So would you would you rap it as well? Do you think you could, like I'm I'm separating the kind of writing bit and then the. Rap. I think I can. Whilst I may know all the bars to a song, for example, I don't think I can rap it with a good enough good flow or anything. So like if you wrote a song and then gave it to someone else to rap, <laughs> that's kind of going against your kind of. Yeah, but like I'm not. But if they want to claim it's theirs, then fair enough, you know. But as long as I'm getting paid well for it, I'm I'm not fussed with it, you know. As the ghost, I don't mind. I told people I don't mind being a ghostwriter. If you need someone with bars or puns, yeah, come to me. I'll fucking do it. That doesn't mean I'm going to listen to them. It just means that I know my bars are in the song, innit? Oh, come on. I feel like I wouldn't write an entire thing. I mean, if someone did want to, I, I don't mind. I, I wouldn't mind trying to help you. But I feel like if you want like a couple line punch bars with multiple meanings or like, you know, like a full bar thing with multiple meanings, maybe I could assist or maybe I could help spice things up to have like some layers to it. But I don't think I'm like a proper writer or something. If I was to ever do anything in the future, note that it wouldn't be with my actual face. So you'd have to see a mask. It would basically be covers to songs. But you know when you do the, when people do covers, but then they do a little remix with their own bars mm. or anything. So the part that's not related to them, they put their own thing in. Mm. I'm a big fan of that. So they sing the song or rap the song, whatever they do. And then they just buy some of the like, bars, yeah, that match them instead of the other thing. I remember you doing one about comp, comp song. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I forgot what the song no, was. No, but no. Yeah, no. I, I, I think it was six, seven, nine by Remy Boys, or wherever it was uh, at the time. So we were in, we were in, <laughs> we were in Neon. Um, I don't know whether the second year or so, yeah. And what was the part? So it's basically like you know when it goes like Remy Boys, you know where we at or something. I was like, oh wait, let me just check the bar. Let me just get it right. I. <laughs> uh, why do that? I was gonna ask. Uh, when you're writing your songs as well, are you writing them with like the kind of tune in your head? Or are they kind of, is it like totally dry? Usually, if so, if I'm writing a song and if I've set my mind, I'm writing a song now, I've usually got yeah. a beat in my head. Or I'm doing what Hamish has said and I'm using another beat, like from an actual song, as my inspiration. And then when we actually make the thing, it might be a completely different beat. But to help me write it, I've got a beat in my head. So like, I don't know, for example, facts, yeah? Yeah. Like, you wouldn't believe it if I told you that I wrote that to the beat of the Keisha Becky remix. <laughs> You wouldn't believe me because it's so different. Um, okay. oh, Hamish is done. He's done. <laughs> I, rate it. I rate it so much. You don't understand. It wasn't meant to be. I knew I was never going to actually rap it to that beat. But when I was writing it, I was using that to help me write because drill beats are actually quite good for that because yeah. they're minimalistic. But like, so usually that, if I'm just writing random bars, like like what Hamish was talking about, he keeps like a tab in his phone. And that's, that's no, there's no beat to that. That's just like, oh, write this down. Mm. It's clever. Yeah, so, okay, the, the bar was just basically, you know, in the song 679 by Remy Boys, it goes, I got robins on my jeans. You can see the wings on every pair. So it goes, all you see is Remy Boys. But instead I said, comp side dons, yeah. You know my, you know my D's everywhere. <laughs> and basically in the song at the time, it banged, yeah, in the club, yeah, because we were all basically pissed at the time, yeah. So it was fine, yeah. Aaron was like, fuck my life, yeah. Like, I can't believe you done this, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, was it just that one line? Yeah, it was just I that thought it was like more. I'm sure there was other songs that probably did it too, yeah, but. That's just like one of the references I I did it to. It doesn't sound as funny, obviously. Now I acknowledge that, yeah. But it, at that yeah, moment... Yeah, it sounds a bit dead. Yeah, at that moment, <laughs> yeah, it was different. You know what I mean? Like at that moment, it's a lot different than yeah. explaining it. Um, Sorry, yeah. guys. I'm, I'm currently being plagued by a wasp. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no worries. So, apologies. Fuck, you know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Uh, right, sorry, carry on. <laughs> carry on, Hamish. Right. No, no, so like, yeah, like, you know when you say like the things, a couple of things to like the drill beats and stuff, so like a bunch of those lyrics that I, the crap lyrics that I used in the key and rap or crap thing were mm. pretty much to like probably drill rip, 
beats or grind beats. So yeah, like it's just one of those things. I don't, I don't know. I'm not. Like, I wouldn't say I'm a right or anything. I, I'm say you're way more talented than me. I just happen to. Uh, you, uh, you, there's a hidden talent in you, Hamish. There's a hidden oh, right. talent. Come to the studio with me and Keith, and a week, you know. We're... Yeah, it's, it's very hidden. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine my name <laughs> just being there, like um, Ghostwriter credits? I mean, writer credits or something. Yeah. Um, in a ne- in a future Josh um, Josh song or Kian song. Could you imagine? Yeah. I don't think Kian no. or Josh would need it, but. It's now the time to tell everybody that you actually wrote facts for me. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, do you know what? Do you see here, Hamish? Seriously, do you? Because you listen to a lot of rap music, and not only do you yeah. listen to it, but I could tell from listening, like the way you listen to it in a particular way, you're looking for meaning. You like analyzing bars, and you you care a lot about the backstory. So, with that in mind, like it, I could see why you would be a good rapper. Do you see yourself as a creative person, naturally creative? I, I thought this question was going to come up. To, you know, when earlier when we were discussing the creative stuff, I'm like, I think I'm creative, but I usually can't output it, if that makes sense. So obviously, if you wanted like a writer, so I don't think, you know, some of the bars I've written down, I don't think I could ever wrap them as, as I wanted on that specific beat when I thought of it. But I'll give it to someone else gladly. Like, I have no issue giving, giving some of those bars or like helping someone do it because I feel like I can do that, but I'm just not going to be the face of it. Okay. So what if you did like a, maybe as a starter, like not maybe a full song, but maybe you did like a feature in a song. Are you trying to ask because me for a see where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah back. <laughs> you got, you've got. I, I don't know. I reckon, considering how much you do care about it, mm-hmm. and that you think about about music a lot, I reckon you could surprise yourself, even at your delivery, because you're saying it's delivery that would be maybe the challenge for you. But I reckon you could surprise yourself. Kind of. I don't think because also you have to remember, like I. When I'm speaking, like I know a lot of things don't sound a lot clear. On the podcast, I try really hard to make things a lot more clear and articulate what I'm trying to say. But naturally, because I speak like I guess a bit fast and my words kind of slur into each other. Like I, I'm aware of this. Like so, and I don't want to ever become one of those people that's like a mumble rapper. You know, like I, it would just bother me. Like I know it could have been done better. Like this, that, and that. And to be honest, yeah, if I felt like I did it, I feel like it would never release. It would just be me trying to perfect it for years to come, and I'd probably be dead by the time I ever. And it would just be sitting there one day, like oh, all these hidden things in Hamish's laptop. He had a, he had like albums worth of songs never released. If that if that ever happened, that's not going to happen, by the way, because it's not it's not done. But it just wouldn't be a thing that I could do. But when you said like a feature, like there's many times where I've like thought of like versions of diss tracks when we're sending for random people. I don't know why I've thought of this, but, like third wheel diss tracks against people, or like you know whatever for whatever reason. Have you got in mind? Have you got in mind? I can't like name some 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 like um like companies and like stuff here, so I can't put them. Obviously, on yeah. blast. <laughs> but yeah, basically, wait, like, there's no actual person because we haven't been in like a, there's no need for like a distracting. No one, no one, no one's, no one's out here dissing us. I think people think we're too nice of guys. So like, we need some, we need to piss some people off. That's right? how it starts, though. You got, you've got, you got to make the first move. Sometimes maybe take on like a bigger podcast and just and you know really call them out, and then they they come back, and then that's free publicity for this podcast. Yeah. But like that's how, that's how we, we just need that little you know gap here because I, I I would I already know like the the beats or so that I would mention like obviously I would probably need a bit of key and help I'd be like yo we're taking one some one of these beats here or whatever mm. or we're doing a combo of the two beats here and then we're going on there and we're gonna probably use the same flow but we'd probably use a bit different bars you know so like I think way back when when the Wiley beef was kicking off I was like yeah I was on the I was I think I said on the episode I was like I had a dream here where we were having like this and Wiley had sent for us so we were writing now we're in the studio <laughs> writing a diss track here. It was JK Toothache playing. And you know the first bit when it's not part of the song, but it's like, man, I'm like, JK, where are you at? I was like, yeah. man, man, I'm like, Wiley, why are you on crack? Hey. <laughs> I was going to go off that, yeah. It's just one of those things, you're like, it's in my head, yeah, but it's never going to come out. Like, I feel like, I feel like I'll gladly write for anyone, but I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't be like all that. I'm not going to say I'm like a writer, like 50 cent level or something. I'm just like, I'm just someone who happens to have a good one, two bars, you know, here and there. And then back to the third wheel podcast. Yeah. Hamish, do you ever listen to um, or watch battle rap? I used to a lot, actually. Because so have you heard Wild and Out, this American TV show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So some of the people on there are battle rappers, right? So some of them are really good with their punchlines. So one, one used to be conceited, yeah. Yeah, he he still does stuff. Master of punchlines, yeah. yeah. You have to give him the credit for that. I just remember like some of the shit like American battle rap is a lot less heavy or yeah, a lot yeah. less deep than UK battle rap, but I appreciated some of the punchlines or the wordplay. I think given the way you talk about bars and the lyricism in particular, I think you know, there's a lot of really good over the past ten years, really good UK battle rap. Like I think you'd get a lot out of, of checking some of those guys out because some of them make music as well. And often their music's a bit hit and miss. But the thing about battle rap is because it's offbeat, you can actually be more clever with the with the with the bars. You don't have to make it scan. So check out I mean there's you know big UK battle leagues, premier battles, don't flop. I think you'd re- I think you'd get a lot out yeah. of it. So the thing is, if when I get too invested, yeah, I get disappointed after if they don't deliver the same after mm. or they got ruined by like a shit. But of course, the audience may not react the same way because they may not pick up obviously the same thing. Some people just do the alls just for the reaction, yeah. but they may not understand all because of popularity. So I feel like I can't listen. But I remember one of my favorite things that I kind of saw in person was the BBK were at Wembley Park way before COVID. Yeah, um, for before Grime MC was released, so Jamie was just kind of like going around trying to make these kind of like mm. old school grind settings where everyone just comes on and starts spitting beats on the thing. So I remember seeing like P Money, Jammer, Skepta, um, Shorty, um, Frisco, and everyone just starts spitting while I found I was like I was super ill this day as well. I woke up after a nap and saw it in a story. I'm like, wait, BBK's in Wembley Park box like, fuck this year. Let me take my medicine. I'm going straight there. <laughs> I Ubered it right there. I went there and I remember that's when I got some of my BBK merch. And I also have like this little dodgy like kind of mp3 player because he gave it out um at the time and it had like some like i guess like a radio session of him and a few others like shaka and so on spitting bars on it i can send people the mp3 version of that if they want it's not like a deep thing it's just like a one of the ways like they used to distribute music back then and i just remember like listen to it so because so, sometimes they reference old bars sometimes they put in new bars and it's it's really really good but yeah that's why i don't know like, that's one of the best things i think i've seen but i the reason why i don't watch battle rap anymore is because Sometimes I just, I don't know, I feel like I get too disappointed after I get too invested in it. So I'm just like... There are so many good battle leagues in the UK that there are. Have you ever seen like P-Money like clashing? Like P-Money, I'd say, is like probably the best, one of the best clash artists I've ever seen. I, I actually haven't. I've not, I've not yeah. seen, no, but to be honest, I can yeah, imagine yeah. he is, but no. Yeah, so like, to be honest, if you watch, there's like a um, big like put together of P-Money versus Don't Run Beef. If you listen to the bars and that on the way he just spits and everything. I think he's like a goated person on the scene. I remember TK, so me and TK, we were like friends here, but then when we realized we both like grime and stuff and really like P Money, yeah, like our friendship, then we, we, we pretty much just spoke about like the grime scene or people like P Money. Cause like, yeah, he's just such a sick rapper. Yeah. Whenever he, whenever he does something, like it has so many different meanings. Yeah. Sometimes you don't get it to like the 10th listen as well. I'm just like, raw, how could I miss that the first time? I didn't get it. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I do appreciate it, but I don't know. I, maybe I'll, uh, to be, I may, I'm being realistic. I'm, I'm going to probably end up listening to some battle rap after this. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, yeah. I'm trying to not get invested in it because I know I'll that. I'll send you a few battles for, uh, okay, from yeah. over the years and you let, let me know what you think. Have you listened to Lord of the Mics? I don't know if you have. A little, not, not really. I, I mean, I'm, fami- like, I'm, I'm familiar with it, but I don't, I don't, really, I don't really listen to it. Is that is it Jammer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I don't. Not really. Is that still going? Does he still do that? I don't know. I think like... Does he do it for I don't know. Like, he's basically made it sound like he'd do one, but I don't think there's been one in a few years. 
Yeah, that, yeah, I think it's time ago still, but I was thinking like the best UK lyricists I can think of are probably like Akala, Loki. By Loki, I don't mean like Kian. I mean, <laughs> I mean like this guy that made the guy that made soundtrack to the struggle. Oh, you don't think it's Kian? No, no, we're not saying that. I'm saying the are best. Are you sending shots? Is this diss track season? Hey, Kian, if you want to make a diss track. <laughs> 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 Who else is there? There's Jeremy, there's P Money, there's like obviously Skepto counts in there, but Skepto, you know, he's just, he makes songs quite popular. But like I think Wretch. Oh yeah, shit, Wretch. Wretch Avellino. Yeah. Absolutely love Wretch. I think he's Wretch brilliant. Wretch Avellino. Pure lyricism. Yeah, I can't think of the top of my head, but those are like some of the, the best lyricists in the UK. And I'm not gonna hear otherwise from anyone. Unless I haven't heard the artist. JK is also up there. Do you think JME's a that good lyricist? Yeah, but he just doesn't release things. Like every time he hops on a feature, you know, like when you say like Jamie doesn't release much of his own music. But like he whenever, much, he's, on, yeah. whenever he's on the feature. It was his first album in a while, wasn't it? But yeah, um, yeah. I, I like that. Like, I mean, he makes yeah. me laugh. But yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't. Would you put him on the same pedestal as some of those other guys? Really, for 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 just lyricism. I think his lyrics have more meaning than some of us um, like take on board. But I, but as I said, like if it was the order, I'd say people like Akala, Loki, P Money, um, at the very top, alongside Wretch and Avellino. I can't tell you a specific order for those. Then like in the next tier would be like Skepta, Jamie. You could do a tier list. Frisco. Oh shit! Yeah, if we made a tier list, that could be a second channel video. A tier list of UK lyricists. What about you? Like uh, Taylor Swift? It's lyrics. <laughs> um, she's not a lyricist like that. She writes her stuff. Well, she used to anyway. Yeah, but a lyricist means like when you're like going out of your way to put like all these deeper layers, like entangle bars with so many more, more than two meanings at least. So you don't know. She could. She could do. She could, but I probably don't get it. Then maybe like, she's just so much. good. She's it's over yeah. our heads. She's actually yeah, on yeah. another level. Like, her English um, language and English. Wretch free like, too is is yeah. YouTubing Taylor Swift all the time, just <laughs> trying trying to learn yeah. just how she does it. <laughs> um, can you freestyle, Josh? No, don't. Oh, Aaron was gonna play a beat. Exactly where this is going. No, no, no. I was, I was, I was, I was, because I, I, I asked the same thing to uh, Kian. Yeah, like, he could like freestyle like off the top of his head, but he said he wasn't. He didn't feel like at the time he was. There are very few that people moment, that think. can actually freestyle. And you get a lot of this in battle rap as well. Very few people, even some super, super talented lyricists, can't freestyle. And the ones that can, yeah. fair play. It's so hard to do, especially under pressure. It's, it's like you could do it in a mirror, like you could try it when it's just you and there's no one watching you. But as soon as someone's watching you and it's like there's all that pressure, nah, I can't freestyle. Yeah, that's why fire in the booth is never the same to me as some of the, like the early days because people actually had to come on and try to freestyle. I felt like that was the motive back in the day before you could write and then practice it offhand and then come on to it now or like look at the lyrics as you're you know spitting in fire in the booth i just felt like yeah that's not the but i don't mind like i i'm impressed when people can freestyle but ultimately fire in the booth is like that is that artist's best bars and they have put time and effort into crafting that piece of work and that's great i'd rather see that than somebody who i admire coming on and doing a, a four out of ten job freestyling yeah like if you can do it fair enough but section boys had actually written it and i think when they went on they butchered their fire in the booth and i was like oh no you ruined my fire in the booth for section boys like section boys like because obviously they were banging out point in the uk and i was just like it's a bit sad to see you know who's one of the best freestylers i've ever seen is snoop dogg snoop dogg really? i swear snoop dogg and asap rocky i swear like I, I can understand like that because snoop dogg's He's basically a comedian, isn't he? Like, so, I, <laughs> yeah. he isn't. He's just he's just a jokes guy. He doesn't really give a shit. He's permanently high. Like, I can understand why freestyling comes quite naturally to him. 
So your your new music. So you said you are making an album. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, you said it'll already be be Touch released. Wood. Yeah. What what's some like? Have you already like written the stuff for that? Yep. There's 13 songs of which two of them are already done. So 11 more that will go into a full album. There's two other songs as well, which won't be part of that album. But yeah, the, the, the priority for me is doing getting those 11 songs. Some of those songs are before I wrote those two years ago. Like those are okay. before the ones you've even heard. So it's just about that's what that's what needs. I just want to get those done. It's been been waiting for so long to get this done. So that's what I'm trying to use at the time of recording the next week. Um, I'm going to spend spending some time with Key, who's letting me use his studio, and we're going to do those. Yeah, where are they going to? Are they going to be on SoundCloud? Yeah, yeah, they'll be they'll be on SoundCloud. Yeah, we'll have if it's out by then, we'll have all the links in nice the description. One. And if you want to listen to those two songs that were already out, SoundCloud link in the description, anyways. Um, if it's not out by this point, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to this diss track. <laughs> I, I want to know who he's dissing. Interested. Like, can, do we know by any chance who you're dissing? Or is that like no way you'd know? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> oh, is it is it one of your ex chaps? Is like is that what's going on? Okay. <laughs> I prefer not to speak. I prefer not to speak. If I speak, I'm in trouble. <laughs> cool. Uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, your surname on like Instagram is a bit different, and I I think I know why. Would Would you like to care to explain? So I guess alongside or in addition to music. So okay, so the whole thing, yeah, even the music thing's part of this. Like you know, when I quit football. I was at a bit of a loss as to who I am. I, I, like I said, I know it's dramatic, yeah, but I need it. I need, I'm someone that needs to have something going on, um, some passion or side thing to pursue. So, and I, whether I monetize that or not doesn't matter to me. Um, I don't intend to monetize my music. I don't think the music's good enough to ever like make money from it. But one thing that I do wanna maybe no, believe in yourself, man. You, you will well. Be. Okay, thank you. Amy. Third, we will one day get monetized. Um, <laughs> you'll get one day monetized. No, One day we may that. be paying for your music, you never know. Who knows, who knows? You never say never. Um, but I think one thing that I do want to get, you know, give it a go, I've got nothing to lose, is I want to get into uh, modeling. And so I wasn't even on Instagram until about just under a year ago. But I, obviously, if you want to get into modeling, you have to be on Insta because it's like, it's just a descent it's just a essential like a portfolio for isn't it yeah 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 it basically is yeah so i've been trying you know i've always been passionate about health and fitness that that's always pretty much always been a passion and i guess modeling is a way for me to try and monetize that passion so that's my name on insta is joshua richards rather than my actual name because obviously i do have a do have an actual job and i don't <laughs> i don't want i don't want like all my colleagues and all my sort of like business contacts just discovering me or even like future employers just say well what's going on here why are you in your pants all over the internet like so so that's why i don't use my my actual name i actually promote it as much as i can within the guidelines that i'm allowed to <laughs> as in the podcast that is obviously it's not underwear modeling because you know man, man don't have abs like that so i'm like i need to hit some crunches before i start I've, I've, i thought you were saying you were promoting josh's instagram page <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I was gonna say if you are, you're not you're doing you're not doing a very good job of promoting my Insta because I've only got about three followers and two of them are you guys. So. Not gonna lie, I mean stop putting stuff like third wheel and then your obviously yours and Loki's music into my TripAdvisor. My TripAdvisor has fucking views. I don't even understand how it has that many views. It has. Yeah, that's weird. It's because your opinions are fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> how how do, how do you how do you get into modeling? I guess what by accident I, and like it, it doesn't. It's never something I've been interested in. I'd be lying if I said I'm passionate about fashion. I just think you know over the past sort of two years in particular, people a few people have come up to me in the gym 
usually. Um, okay. And they like just get talking and, and like they'd ask me oh, if I model and I'd be like, no, why are you asking me that? No, <laughs> I don't model. <laughs> like, what are you on about? But that would gas me up so much. You know yeah, I'd, 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 be on the, yeah. I'd be on Facebook be like, uh, well, I, I, Hamish, Hamish. Females, I just got... but it was usually men coming up to me to say like, do you model? I'd still be gassed. I'm not going to lie. Not in the same way, it but I'd flat- still be gassed. Yeah, not in the same way. It's yeah. flattering still, but like it happened a few times and I still began to, I was like, well, oh, why are all these, why does this keep happening? Like, what, what was this? Wait, are you like popless in the gym? Like, what's going on here? Why no, some, okay, so sometimes this would happen in the changing room. So then you're sort of thinking, why are you looking at me like that? But anyway, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> usually, yeah, change room, like, I just thought, why do all these people ask me this? It wasn't happening, like, all the time. No, I don't want to give the impression, it's like, but it happened enough times yeah. that after a while, I sort of thought, hmm. Made you think about it. I was like, well, well, what if I did that? I wonder what this, I know nothing about the industry. So I asked a couple of couple of friends what they thought, and they were like, you got nothing to lose. I'm like, yeah, okay. So now I'm just trying. It hasn't really gone anywhere yet, but it's only because I've only really just started. But... That's that's how I kind of got into it, and I just want to see where it goes. If the look, if I got, don't get anywhere, the worst thing that happens is I've got a few nice pics on Insta. Yeah, but when we when we <laughs> release merch, inevitably we'll, we'll need a model for it. So, um, oh, is this my first? Is this my first? My yeah. first deal? Yeah. Got, well, until we're getting paid, you can't get paid. So <laughs> it's going to be like a zero pound contract. <laughs> I'm holding you to this still. When when you as soon as you yeah. start, a start making, Literally, I would just ask our friends to this. model for it. Like I'll be like, look here, we need we need this many female models for this much female clothing or unisex clothing, and this many male ones. Let's just find. And obviously, like general, like whatever other sectors are out there, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, we'll be like, because we're trying to make it universal, obviously. I don't want to get cancelled out here in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll be like, yo, can, do, do you mind um, actually like just modeling for us or wearing the shirt for us and for a shoot or something? And that's it. That's like literally my idea. Like, that's it. Our modeling situation is basically minimal pay. We'll buy them dinner or something yeah. at the time. You got to pay me in Nando's, yeah? That's how it yeah, goes. Yeah. yeah. You know Hamish uh, thinks you're good looking if you if you get asked by him to model for us. <laughs> I have to tell them they're peng. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. I like it sounds like you're like quite someone who like isn't afraid to try new stuff, have a go at different stuff like the music and the modeling as well. Oh wait, did you say you don't actually have any gigs going on right now so regarding to modeling because I thought based on the Instagram you actually had something going on like you were like working for Calvin Klein or something uh, client or something whatever it's Clean. called. Oh no, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so over for me. So over for me. See, these are the kind of type of bars you're going to get on your feature. <laughs> <laughs> it's so over for me. I can, I can see the memes coming for four months now as a result of that one. Uh, no, I, I, have, um, I have what's called a support agency. So it's not a modeling agency, but this, this agency will help me build my. They're helping me to build my portfolio and they're helping me to get into actual modeling agencies. So I have loads of photos. I've done two photo shoots, one with one with the support agency, one with just a friend at her house. So that's where the photos are coming from. But I'm not I'm not signed to anyone. I haven't actually done any applications yet because I wasn't doing I wasn't doing any applications during COVID. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm now gonna start doing that. I've got a friend who so so it's before I should have asked you guys really, but I've got a friend who's building my e-portfolio for me as well. Okay, building yeah. building the website. So that once that's up and running, um, then I can start applying to agencies as well. Unsigned like Hardy Caprio, yeah. Yeah, you don't know. Actually, you mentioned that. There's, you know what you said about um, like remixing songs and adding, yeah. your own, uh, adding your own twist on it. So, what, yeah, watch out watch out for the unsigned remix in the album. Oh, yeah. oh I'm gassed. I'm gassed for that one. <laughs> Hamish, should you have a model? Would I model? No. Maybe. No, actually, wait, wait. If someone asked you to model, would you model? 
if I didn't have to use my identity on my face, then yeah. But I don't know in what way they would want me to model because there's not shoes. You can model shoes. There you go. Your shoes or socks. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I do have a good crap taste, so I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, you you said you're gonna have an OnlyFans for your feet. <laughs> no, no, no. Basically, wait, wait. Now put context behind this because it's gonna be. <laughs> so basically, this came up a few weeks back here, yeah, like for whenever extra money needs. Yeah, we were discussing with a few friends, and I was like, look, yeah. If that person were to start OnlyFans and for some reason not actually show their body but only do it for toes, if they use their face, we morph the face, etc. And then we could just put, for example, my feet and then I take 50% of the cut, yeah? Because, you know, OnlyFans, people get paid bare P. So that could be an easy source of income. No no fakes, no case on that. And, I was, <laughs> and from then, Aaron's been treating it as if like I actually would want to go around modeling my bloody feet. No, no, I, I haven't rinsed it that much. But I mean, you do you, fam. You do you. <laughs> how, how much, what's like the money like in modeling? For, for most models, it's not good. And for the very top models, it's very good. There's a reverse gender pay gap in modeling. So it's one of the few industries where, on average, women make more than men. And it's quite a lot more. It's because it's all, you know, models don't, most models don't have a base salary. You get signed to an agency and you yeah. get booked for jobs. So you go to a, what's called a casting shoot. Yeah, with say, I don't know, your agency A and Adidas say, oh, I need, we need, we need someone to come in and do a shot. So you go to Adidas, you do a shot, but there's like 30 other models there who are also mm. trying to, with different, from different agencies that are also trying to get booked onto that campaign. And they'll only select maybe two or three, maybe even one. So, and then you get, you might get paid several, several thousands for that one job if you get booked but it's yeah. not unheard of that models with that you get you get a job for a campaign and then you get nothing for three months so it's purely commission really so it can be really lucrative if you're getting a job one job a week that's your balling but mm. most people are not getting one job a week again maybe maybe you could start a youtube thing on the entire process and then like also show how to model and stuff and maybe you could start bringing in some revenue and viewership that way and then bring it back into People do that a lot. That's been done quite extensively. So I'm not really sure what I could add to that. But yeah, you, you, yeah, it's just... Put, it, put your music in the background, isn't it? Yeah, yeah use, one, use one thing to promote the other thing, yeah. Um, I was going to also say, like, you know, like, as far as I'm aware, a lot of models that, at least from my understanding, basically appear in, like, either music videos or, like, mm. side, you know, like, those, you know, those in the movies when they have, like, the people just walking extras. by? Extras, Yeah, we appear in stuff like that. So is that, like, a viable option or is... Absolutely. So that that's what my support agency are going to be helping with as well. So they'll be putting me, they're going to be putting me forward for actual agencies. But one of the main things that they do is they put forward, they put you forward for things like being an extra, if not, not, not often in films, but certainly in like TV commercials, a lot of models do that. So a bit of acting, half of what my support agency does is it helps you get into acting, to be honest, not even just modeling, but like that sort of thing, like extras in commercials or, or films or TV shows. So that's definitely a viable option. Man will come through looking like the next Justin Timberlake on <laughs> movie. Yeah, it's, it's probably one of those situations where you just got to get like the first kind of first break yeah. and then it'll probably start the ball rolling from there. Exactly. And I'm not looking for it to become like a career. I, you know, I'm very grateful. I, li- I like I like what I do for a living. and it you know it's, i've got good opportunities there i don't i don't want to just quit that and get into it because i'm not feel like from this you've got to be passionate same with music you've got to be passionate about it mm. now, i really like music am i passionate about it probably not and i'm definitely not passionate about fashion so i wouldn't want to get into it as a career i am passionate about health and fitness and that's where the link is but 
uh, yeah, I'm just, it's just, it's basically, I just want to try it. I want to see what, what doors it opens. But if I'm, to be honest, the very reason I'm doing it, I just want to see if I can make some more money. That's this, it's as simple yeah. as that. Simple as that. Like, no, I was just going to ask, like, what's the process like? Like, is it, would you say it's like difficult? Like, cause obviously you're trying to hide it from your work and whatnot, obviously as well. So what, like, what's been the most difficult aspect of it, if anything? Yeah. Um, God, I think dealing with the abuse that I get from my friends, but you know, <laughs> right. Rightly so, to be fair. I think the hardest thing is is the lifestyle. Like you're you're expected, whether you're signed or not, you're expected to just live your life on Insta and really be part of that culture. And I just find that such an exhausting, like an exhausting process. Like not not Insta in general, but I mean that. Le- you know what I mean? Like that level of Insta, but like documenting your whole life. And that's probably why I've got no followers, to be fair, because um, <laughs> I don't post anything. But you are expected to do that, and I just find that quite exhausting. Don't know what you guys think, because you guys have to do a lot of promotion for this, for example. But before before the pod, I don't know how active you guys were on Insta. No, so my Instagram was mainly created for the podcast as well, but. But like I created it when I went to San Francisco so I could have something to put on there as a first post so it didn't look like a fully dud account but I didn't have Instagram till because we knew we were going to have the podcast from I guess January that year but I didn't make it to like June or July in that same year or last year because yeah I don't use it like that do you know what I mean like I don't use it to follow people's lives or blah 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 most of my if you see me like even ghosting everyone for a while you'll only see me doing my social media stuff because it's third wheel I need to make sure third wheel blows up even if I'm not wanting to go on social media. I think for me, it's more just, I don't know, if a photo happens and I think I look relatively good in that photo, I might post it. But yeah. Other than that. Yeah, that that seems like quite that. a normal, healthy way of, of, of using it. I, I, you did an, um, an episode recently where you, you know, you debated the merits of social media. and, and yeah. fact, But I do what, use it a lot. I just don't post well, it's about being, a photo I think You know, I think what, one of the things that came out from your conversation, who was who it? Who was the guest that you had? Natalie. Natalie, it was Natalie. Yeah, social media help with communication. Or something. Yeah, and I think one of the themes that came from your conversation was that there's like ultimately it's a good thing but there's a level and where people are getting consumed by it um all the time or where you i think hamish you talked about like not living in the moment and like going to going to concerts and they're just they're on their phone doing it for the story like that's the level where it's like quite exhausting so the way you both described it there you, know, you get a photo and you just like randomly upload it that seems like a healthy way of using it but I think as a model, there's an expectation that you go above and beyond. And that is, um, oh, I just can't be asked. That's probably the hardest thing, man. You're only just starting. <laughs> no, but I know what the expectation will be. If you know, if it yeah. does go anywhere for some bizarre reason, if I do end up getting somewhere with it. But if you and- use it for business, I won't be like, the thing is, if you start like fully becoming your personal life into it, then it becomes a bit of, that's where like business is fine. Because obviously, you know, obviously I'm a bit biased because I obviously have to do business on flipping Instagram. <laughs> but but like obviously when you're doing it in terms of your modeling business and then you're going back to your personal life as long as i feel like if you're not too stuck in instagram because the moment you take say it's taken away from you what happens then as long as it's business that's only a business loss it's not a personal loss do you know what i mean but then obviously, your personal life can get involved in that like you, you'll see it with so many like of those models i guess when when you get big you'll then start having fans and all that and then the fans kind of want to see other side like your personal side or your personal lifestyle that's the influencer slash models choice right like josh may not do that josh may just leave it just for his um commercials and all it of that could stuff. help though the business side if you start showing like your personal life i guess yeah it you're could, absolutely but, right yeah. there's there's a um the boundaries are blurred between personal and business in that industry there is an expectation so you're right there's influencer modeling that is its own category of modeling those are instagram models okay and that's not what i'm trying to do 
I'm trying to get into an agency and do it that way. But there is still an expectation from agencies and from brands in particular that you do participate in that influencer lifestyle. That, that is still an expectation. Like you become more like a personality. Yeah, because apparently people people want to see that. People want people do want to see that apparently. <laughs> but also think of it from the brand's perspective. Like they the brand wants you to promote their brand. And at the moment, I'm promoting that to like like a few followers. That's it. Like that's not really that no one's interested in that. They're like, oh bun him, he's got he, no, no one no one follows him. So why are we gonna give him a contract? So there's there is that element to it as well. Yeah, I feel like there's a strategic way to do it and then there's a way to do it that's kind of just like just too much. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. a strategic way, maybe like you may do certain things like as a model, like I've seen some influencers, for example, they do a bit of a few competitions here and there with yeah. the brands so that that way they're doing things. And obviously some decide to have their personal stuff going on there, but some just are like, yeah, we'll just do this, it boosts up the followers and that helps me get more brand deals, blah, 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 which is fair. But yeah, I feel like yeah, the strategic ways of doing it, and then there's just like yeah, let me tell you, the strategic way of doing it is going on, um, going on someone's podcast and talking about it for ages, <laughs> and then getting the podcast to promote it. That's how it's done. Tactics, tactics. When we grow, <laughs> inevitably, um, obviously, it's going to benefit anyone who's promoted any sort of business or anything in here. Someone will eventually, like you know, down the line, if people re-listen to the episodes, um, and so on. So yeah, like it can, it can work out for anyway. It's basically just free promoting right now, isn't it? soon to come people will have to pay to be on the podcast <laughs> what, what do what do your family think of the modeling stuff <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure how much they know but my mother's doing it i don't think she understands it i definitely don't talk to her about it and she's definitely not see- actually she has seen some of the pics to be fair she has seen some of them yeah not really a topic of conversation with my family to be honest <laughs> uh i was hoping it might be a segue into the debate question Oh, okay. Should we do that again? I'm not sure how. uh... (laughs) Yeah, you mentioned Natalie's. We had a debate with Natalie on like social media and communication, all that. So we got a debate question actually provided by you, Josh, for this episode. And that is, do parents have the right to bring up their kids in a particular culture, religion or value system? Well, I was like thinking, yeah, like, and then it's obviously you have to make sure you educate them in more than just that aspect. So that's not narrow minded. And then it's their choice when they grow up, what they continue to follow or embody if that makes sense but i don't know i don't know if one of you is like strongly against it or so yeah i think that's why i wanted to talk about it because i i kind of i have a view it's not a strong view and i kind of want to be persuaded against it (laughs) but i'm very conscious of my own very english upbringing and my own ethnicity and that it it doesn't not everyone has that same story and that same background and and that's why you know that's why i kind of wanted to talk about it because obviously you guys have we've all had different upbringings and and i've got a lot of friends who've had different types of upbringings as well and i don't know i I, i've also seen a lot of not necessarily with my friends but for a lot of people i've seen a lot of what i'd call like really like bad upbringings when i when i say bad i mean like what i'd say is bad parenting where parents don't let their child sometimes their adult child to, to your point hamish about you let them you let them later on like do their own thing but sometimes i've seen in some cultures where that's even that's not allowed and I've seen that having really damaging effects on people's mental health and people's sense of freedom and autonomy. It, it makes me, it makes me at times quite right wing, and I'm not a right wing person at all. But like, it does. I sometimes see this and I hear these stories, and it makes me quite angry and quite protective. And 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 I, I don't like the fact that it makes me quite right wing on this particular subject. So that's kind of why I want to be persuaded 
from a sounds like you're talking more of an older age. Whereas when I first saw this question, I was thinking like when you're a baby. Well, maybe not baby, but like, I, like no, both. I mean, so throughout childhood, throughout childhood. So I suppose what I mean is bringing your child up in a particular value system. Yeah. Whether that be a cultural value system, a religious value system, even things as trivial as like making your kid play a certain sport or pursue a certain like activity. Project Mbappe. Was <laughs> that like I don't know? You played? Did you play Sunday league football growing up, Aaron? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Oh yeah, but you played. At I wish I did. League. I wanted to. There's always these dads on the side. Yeah, you, anyone who's played Sunday league will be able to relate to this. There's always these dads on the side. Yeah, clearly failed in their own footballing careers. Yeah, and they're living their own failed dreams through their nine-year-old yeah. son, and they're just shouting and screaming, and it's putting yeah, so much pressure someone. on their kids. Like, yeah, we've always we've all seen it, and like even that, I think, counts within the parameters of this question. So like, it's about, I suppose the question is a question about autonomy. And I am talk, talking throughout childhood. So the thing is, yeah, like, here's, here's my say on this. So a child, yeah, naturally is very, very open-minded. And they'll ask a lot of questions because, you know, they're trying to understand things. They don't know what works. So you, you shouldn't like force a lot of things down them. You should basically, obviously sh- show them society's rights, wrongs, blah, blah, blah. And obviously show them not to discriminate, whether that's based on race or so on. So that, like, for example, like if you grow up Hindu, you shouldn't be said, oh, no, you can't trust Muslim people, for example, stuff like that. Um, because, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of historical implications there and why it may happen today. But a child is very open minded. And at that point, yeah, you're responsible to make sure they don't become narrow minded and they're still open minded enough, but not to do it in the wrong way. So you have to ensure that you keep, let them be open minded. They don't get stuck into like whether the education system is or the systems version, the way they're taught. They ask all these questions. They learn that. Yeah, they may follow a certain set of values, but someone else may follow a different set. But that doesn't necessarily make you any right or that righter than them, if that makes sense. Like you basically can't close off that child's mind because you're basically just crippling them realistically. So like, for example, if I wanted to switch religion, I know it wouldn't have been possible, but um, or anything like that. But I also later on just came to my own different terms with it, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, right? But I know for my child, I'll be like, it's not that I don't care. You can say that or you don't raise them any religion or anything and let them pick randomly. But they have to also understand what's happening, what what the values are. Like they have to actually learn a bit about it before they just go in. You can't be like, "No, nah, I don't care whatever they grow up as." Right? Like you need you need to like teach them something, show them, ask the right questions, not to get too lost in someone's viewpoint. Understand that there's more viewpoints because a child, as I said, is very open minded. Like they'll ask questions that you wouldn't expect because they don't know, do they? You love the term open minded. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is it, are we doing Hamish Bingo this time as well? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I wish that was. I wish that was like that. <laughs> is, is it is what you're saying that it is okay, mm-hmm. it may be even a good thing to bring up your child, bring up a child within a certain value system, provided that that's caveated with understanding or acknowledgement of other stuff. Yeah, yeah, of other value systems. Yeah, because say for example, yeah, like say as example, let's just use me as a child. I was growing up Hindu, but obviously there's this long thing beef between obviously India, Pakistan, and it would be like kind of seen bad in society for me to have a friend that's Pakistani, despite me having one of my best friends, literally Pakistani and Muslim. Mm. So, but the thing was like, I was just like, why the fuck does it matter? Like, that's your fucking beef. Yeah. I don't need to back this beef because it doesn't even have any like sort of meaning to me on that level. I understand this historical impact and you were affected by X, Y, Z, but that doesn't mean I'm going to follow it because if that person's, I get along with them more than I get along with you. Like, what's your reasoning? Like, I don't have no issues with them. Like, they're one of my best friends, etc. And that's just how it is, right? So, like, I can then I can also learn about that religion because as a kid, you can ask, right? Like, 
And there's nothing wrong about asking. It's like, I think it's shamed upon quite a bit, like when you're just asking your friends, or it's not sometimes as openly spoken about, like, for example, why do you eat halal food? For example, like asking a Muslim person that, like, I feel like a lot of people are just scared because they're afraid to ask a lot of questions. And it's better that your kid at least has the nerves to ask that question. Or you don't close them off from like, I don't know, I feel like you can make them close-minded, you make them lose creativity and stuff, create them narrow-minded, but who is that benefiting? They're, yes, they're following your, all these other like, you know, these personal values you have. But will that work out for them in society and in the future? And as you said, when, when some new ideas are introduced, will that lead to mental health issues? And all sorts of other, you know, dilemmas that cause in their life just because they didn't know any better. But are there certain value systems and certain... If they grew up in the EDL, then that's a problem, fam. That needs to be eradicated, for example. Well, but yeah, I, obviously. And yeah, I mean, like, there are certain value systems and the far right is one of them that actually don't allow open-mindedness. They don't allow tolerance or consideration of other people's views and, and perspectives. And that's not just true of the far right. That's not just true of the EDL. That's true. You know, so what, I don't know, what if... What if, you know, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't just a preference, like, it wasn't just a little bit frowned upon for someone with an Indian background to be friends with someone with a Pakistani background. But what if you come from a family where that is explicitly banned? No, you must not, you must not be, you must not associate with people from a Pakistani background or, or yes, say you meet, you meet a girl from that background and no, we're not going to accept that person from that religious background. Like, that's still extremism in a very similar way to the EDL, is it not? Because it's, it's, it's an intolerance of someone else's culture. As you said, that's also a bit of like bad parenting in my case. So like I would, for example, I'm very rogue to what my parents would try to tell me or force me to do. So like this has been the case for many years. So like I kind of just do things that I at least understand from the world. Because I understand that they grew up in a different time. They're a bit more narrow-minded to certain things and they're not as open to it. Whereas I'm like, I'm not saying I'm any more open to it, but I'm saying I'd like to believe, I'd like to try to be more open to it and make sure, I don't know. I feel like some of the things that were put onto me when I was younger wouldn't be right like it's just that I'm lucky that as I said I think the way I do maybe so I'm not because I think it's a lot more damaging in life in your career professionally mm. personally and I feel like basically you have to teach them society right wrongs right but I guess what Josh is saying is like do they have a right to like do that I don't like think even do. even the family where they believe that no you cannot associate yourself with someone from like a Pakistani background do they still then have the right even if they're like do they know it's this racism? Like, believe. do the parents know it's racism at that point, for whatever reason? It's a good question. Do do racists know they're racist? Because it is it is racism, isn't it? It's just racism to say you, you yeah. can't associate with that person. But they, but then you know, we, the term racist. Yeah, we use the term racist, and that is traditionally used to describe white supremacists, right? So yeah. the EDL you mentioned, for example, like they are racist. They're obviously racist, but it's but racism doesn't have to take that form. Yeah, racism yeah. can take many forms. So. I don't know. Do they know they're racist? Do they think that's just the natural order of things, and that's what they grew up with? If they, if they, if they're first generation immigrants, for example, from India or from Pakistan, that probably there's probably a. And I just think my thing that that's not my parents' views. I'm just making an example up here. I know. I know. <laughs> just before anyone starts lying me, like <laughs> I'm calling out your parents. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, distract, distract. <laughs> Basically, yeah. This is a different debate to this kind of yeah. But how can you like look at another person and say that you can't like them? just because of a different set of of like a skin, whether it's skin color religion like to me it doesn't make sense and obviously that's my opinion but i understand that i understand it exists a lot but you were, but you were born in the uk right yeah so but like okay so like, i agree with you it's, it's ridiculous yeah but for like a lot of people and india pakistan is what we've talked about so far but like guys no 
you're familiar with the history and like surely you can understand why yeah. somebody who moved to the uk in the 70s or whatever uh, and have those views yeah so i get it that, doesn't mean then... that they're right or reasonable but could you understand it yeah, I know. I understand it. So this yeah. this is like a really bad comparison. I um, I'm, yeah, I'm saying is... this now. No, I mean okay. what I'm about to say. Okay. But like, if you take like a football rivalry, yeah, there are like some football fans, like uh, Liverpool, Everton, or Man United, Liverpool, or West Ham, Millwall, Spurs. or whatever, Arsenal, Spurs. Where like, if you are like associated with someone off that team, bad. Like, you can't do that. Obviously, it's like there's levels to this. Like we're talking about this is football. It's a game. Celtic and like Rangers that, is huge. Yeah, Aaron, you're that, raise that your might child. be how they view it. You're going to raise your child as a Man United fan. Am I correct? But they might not be a football fan. They might not like football. Okay, I'm not going to force say, them to like like football. But would you push them to like football? Not force, but would you sort of... You know, Aaron will be watching the every single Man United. He is already getting him his first Man United kit. Okay, I'm definitely buying he or she a Man United kit. 100%. Yeah. It might be a problem if my <laughs> like wife or whoever like is a fan of a different team. Then we don't know what kit to get. Or, but uh, we'd better get each kit. Half and, and half decide. scarf, yeah. Oh no, no, not the half scarf business. No, <laughs> no. But obviously, like I'd be, I'm a football fan, so I'd be watching football. And if my kid showed an interest in it, then fair enough. Like, but if they didn't, then oh, well, I wouldn't push it. As much as like the Project Mbappe jokes, <laughs> are, are, like we make Project Mbappe jokes and stuff like that, I wouldn't like force them to doing that stuff. Yeah. Basically, you have a right to a certain extent, and depending on your views based on whatever society deems correct, which is a bit of an ambiguous answer, but... Based on whatever society deems correct? Or what do you because everything, that? right and wrong, is kind of based on what society, what's accepted by society, right? For the most part. Well, yeah, but you, maybe, but that's not what you... Earlier, you said, provided that it's about open-mindedness. Yeah, yeah, but like, at the end of the day, when you teach them right and wrong, you're still teaching them society's right and wrong more than a lot of your own right and wrong, because your, your own right and wrong came from society's right and, right and wrong. But what if it's a different society? So what if it's, I'm thinking now about, you know, if, if you're a family that's migrated from one country to another country, you have the rights and wrongs of your home country and then the right and wrongs of your new country and they might be completely different. So who's, which society's right and wrong are you describing? That's a good question. Like, I don't know. I feel like, I, I mean, I'm not a good example because I've never had to do that, but I feel like surely they'd want to, they'd have to start living by the laws and stuff of the other society, the new society they moved to. But I can under, I can imagine that it's really tough. But yeah, then I don't know. Like, let's let's say if we say so. The question was like, do parents have the right to bring up their kids in this like system or whatever? Tangent. Say if they say we're saying they don't have the right. Mm-hmm. Well, how how do your kids grow up? Like, how are they? What do they learn? Like growing up? Like when they're like four years, three years old? Who's teaching them? Like, just the school is that what you're trying to say? And not you, because you have to teach them some values. Like at home, for example, yeah. this like started throwing around food like you have to tell them no you can't do that so, so maybe it's worth distinguishing between sort of basic values fundamental values like you know don't be rude say please and thank you these seem like universal values they're not cultural values like are they that every culture has those values um okay. so in that level of right and wrong maybe maybe we have to say oh yeah it's your duty as a parent to do that i su- so maybe it's worth distinguishing between those values and sort of cultural values like specific values that maybe vary from culture to culture that's i think that's the, the bit that i'm i'm interested in so yeah it wouldn't be right would it aaron as you say if you said if you never told your child right and wrong about yeah. anything like child throws a rock through a window and you don't tell that child off it's like no yeah you can't be can't but then be like religion then <laughs> so like if you take religion are you 
would you think then the child should like grow up without a religion and then until it gets to an age where it can decide for itself? Is that kind of... I don't know, but it depends on the religious values. So if you grow up in a religion and like a religion is a big part of your parents' life and, and that, that matters to you and it matters that your child has that religion. I can, am I, do I have a problem with that parent taking that child to church or temple or yeah, mosque yeah. or synagogue or whatever? Probably not, but it's to, to Hamish's point there about like, well, but if you then tell that child this is who you are hmm. you yeah, yeah. you must serve god and you must devote yourself to god you don't have a choice in this matter isn't that where the line is that where the line is then i'll say like here's what i do here's what we usually do you could do so i'd obviously want them to for example be a bit of hindu but obviously if the partner's christian i'm sure like they can decide if they want to do either or neither or whatever they I'm want to do you know? again <laughs> yeah yeah um but basically i, I wouldn't like force it when i'm saying no you have to do this i'm like okay um if you want to um come temple with me today I'm heading temple. You can come with me. We'll go around doing the prayers, blah, 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 blah. But I wouldn't like hardcore force it upon them. Obviously, I'll teach them some values that is nice to learn from, like some nice moral values or like things that come from the religion or certain aspects that are nice to like, you know, know and certain nice things about it, like the way you donate and so on. But I would, because obviously I feel like there's a bit of reward from it as well. But it's obviously their choice if they see it as reward. If they don't see it as reward, then who am I to force them to be Hindu? Because you can't force someone to be a religion because if they don't want to follow it, like there was a point as I said, I was not religious. And just because, yeah, I just wasn't. And then, yeah, because you can't really force someone to like just be a religion forever because it doesn't work that way. But what if it's a fundamental part? So a lot of people would say, no, religion isn't just a part of who I am. Religion is who I am. It is fundamental to my life. And therefore my child will, will be a part of my religion because my child is an extension of me. What, what would you say to somebody who, who made that? Who, who I said that you could try that, but if your kid wants to go ahead and do other stuff, let them, man, because locking your kid off in that kind of mentality, I don't think, it, I don't think it's fair on the kid as well. Like you brought, you're basically bringing a kid into a world to be your soldier, kind of, at that point. Like, to be exactly what you want, whereas a kid can be kind of whatever they want, if that makes sense. Yeah, so that like, yeah, makes sense. You can basically show them, like, this is what I'm up to. But you shouldn't like be like, oh no, you have to do this. You have to come to do this. You have to come to come with me on temple to a Saturday, or you could go with your mom on a Sunday to church. Like, or you could do both. Like, you know, you could give them the options wherever they want to do. It's also one of those things. Like, even if you go in temple and all that kind of stuff, does that mean that you are a part of that religion if you don't like really like believe it? I actually don't know the answer to that. That's a... So, so I, I suppose is the anterior question. Is the anterior question that you're asking, to what extent is religion what you believe first is what you do? Yeah, that, yeah, kind of. Is that kind of what you, Okay. It's good. I, I don't it's know. Your choice, <laughs> right? you, you always get the choice. Because then the parents can only do so much anyway. Because if Isn't the kid doesn't believe in it. Then? Isn't that worse? If, if, if the, kids make, the kid's old enough to decide that they yeah, don't yeah, that believe is... it. And then, but then they're doing it anyway because the parents making them do it. Or... Yeah. I feel like that's quite common though. I feel like that could, that sounds like a really common thing that could happen. I, I imagine it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, and I know, I know, I say imagine, I know that that's the, and I know if some people, their parents, that, that there's people that are our age and like their parents don't know that like, they're not religious, hmm. but they just pretend to their parents that they are because it's what makes them happy. But that seems like a really burdensome thing to hide from your parents or to keep up that pretense. Yeah. Especially if it's so important to your parents. I feel yeah. like people should be able to have that conversation as well. Like, but I can understand why a lot of, I guess, especially in our generation growing up, wouldn't want to have that conversation. For example, one of my, my youngest bro is basically not religious. He doesn't give a fuck, despite the parents obviously wanting him to be. I'm just like, look, yeah, just leave him alone, fam. <laughs> if he wants to not be religious, like, what are you going to do? He's not going to listen. Like, he's, he's literally 19. Like, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do to now make him 
you know, religious or it's his choice. If he wants to believe it, he can. He's open to, if he wants to go read up on another religion, do it. Like, let him, like, what can you do about it? Like, let him have freedom because he's turning, he's basically a young adult, right? Like, you can't force, you have more of your own mind as you grow up and you also have that thought of entitlement that I can do my own thing. So when you start taking that away from someone, that's like you're you're shackling them, you know? Like, it's like you're just imprisoning them in your thought process. What does that accomplish? What if you you bring up your kids like, great, it's all going good. And then they get to an age where you're like, okay, yeah, they're old enough now to like believe in their own stuff. Now they want to be a racist. <laughs> Do you have the right then to be like, okay, nah, nah. Yeah, you have to intervene, right? Like, surely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I would. Also, like, wouldn't you ask them at multiple points throughout the life, like say when they're 10 or we'll keep asking them if they, because they'll probably have questions at some points as well, right? What, it's not like they're not going to... What do you ask them? Like, ask them what? Like, what do you think of religion? Like, maybe they'll ask you, like, you don't know which way it will go, right? You can't predict these things. They could ask you, like, maybe every day from the age 10 or from, like, once a year from, like, age 10, something like that. Like, you never know when they're going to ask you. You could speak to them about, like, at age 10, 12, 14, 16, whenever you think that they can still make a, a responsible enough decision if they want to follow religion or not. Because can you really force someone to look at least like 18 to follow a religion? I don't think it's like, especially in the society we grew up in or like in our generation, I feel like a lot of people... I don't think you can and I don't religion. think you should, but yeah. I do understand yeah. the point that there are cultures where people do. Yeah. No, no, I, 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 get, your, I get your point, don't worry. It's just that I'm going to be a lot different than my parents were. So. Are you religious? I, just, I didn't think you were religious, Aaron. I know you went to a religious school. Well, a Catholic school. Though. Yeah, I went to Catholic. Uh, but would you say I, you're... I always I always get confused by like the question like am I religious like what does um... would you say you're religious basically like yeah do you but what does religion like do you follow I don't follow like every guideline of Catholicism yeah you know you don't have to do you or, practice like, it in any way go church at Christmas and Easter I don't know if that makes me religious though it's levels isn't it know? so it, yeah it makes you more religious than someone that doesn't go to church yeah so you're not atheist for sure right I wouldn't say I'm atheist no okay. Yeah, I'd say you're religious then. I'd say you are just because even of that that one thing. Yeah, I, I'm not like... I can understand where atheists are coming from and I can understand I find with every other religion. I don't think I'd have an issue if I change religion. Yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one when I'm asked that. So I don't know what I would bring my kids up on. I think it, my, my, my answer to the question... I don't know if there is an answer to the question, to be honest. Because I think it's like so variable on you as a parent. The thing is, though, where it's like, do parents have the right? I would believe me and my partner, like the values that we'd share would be good values. So I'd feel like... Because you'd want that in a partner then. You wouldn't select a partner that doesn't have what you can deem to be good values. I mean, by good values, I mean like just they're nice people. <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah, about yeah, what yeah. I mean by good values. Like, I mean a bad B. Uh, I don't mean like by they follow a particular religion or they support May United or like any... I just I generally mean they're just good people. They're just a good person. So I would assume we would bring our child up or children up according to those like like on good morals and like stuff like that and then when they got to a certain age it's well no that would be stuff you teach them young and you'd hope they'd have those kind of morals for like the rest of life and those like values but the stuff on like religion and culture if we shared the religion or me and my partner i guess we'd bring them up on that religion just because it's the convenient thing to do isn't it if you if both of you follow like a religion and then the kid does as well but if they changed, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. They can. They yeah. can change it. What if they change at say eight years old? So they're really young, and your kid says, "I want. I want to go to Musk or something." I don't know. And they showed that it was like 
a genuine thing. I think that's that's fine. But how can an eight year old show it's genuine, really? Oh, Mikey's gonna be bear smart, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna come to me with like a keynote presentation. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff. I think I'd be I think I'd be even down with like going to the mosque with them if they wanted to like change religion. I'll be down with like going with them and stuff like that, do you know? Would you be against them like for example celebrating like or like say for example Diwali Eid and then like Christmas for example? I'm not Hindu, but I celebrate Diwali like cuz my cousins yeah. are Hindu and like other Hindu stuff. So we we still celebrate that my like but like my if your child was celebrating like, Diwali Eid and you know and then also celebrating Christmas, would you be? Would you have a problem with it? No, no. Yeah, I just wouldn't force them. I think that's my kind of stance on it. If they want to be a bit, if they don't want to be religious, then like, who am I to tell them to do that? Like, use your brain in it. Just think for yourself. Do what you gotta do. So, what was your answer to the question, Josh? I don't know. He <laughs> wanted to be persuaded one way or the other. Well, I know. I think, I think we're all we are all a bit quite aligned actually. Well, and I, I wasn't necessarily expecting it because I, when I've had this debate with other friends, they they take a more sort of a more culturally relativist stand, and they say, no, parent, of course you can bring up your kid in in within that culture, even if that culture doesn't necessarily promote open mindedness. But I think you, it sounds like we all kind of agree. I think the challenge for us three is that. We all broadly subscribe to the same universal liberal values, yeah. and that's that's a challenge because our cultures don't subscribe to that. To those. So it's easy for us to say as yeah. liberals, "Yeah, we'll bring up our kids, and they can they can they can choose their own path." It's easy for us to say that, but it's not easy for people who don't have that uh, disposition to say, "Oh, yeah, we'll let our kids." Can I say that my parents would actually want my kids to be raised like, for example, Hindu for sure, but that's I would, right. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't want that to happen because as I said like mm. yeah, it's just what if your partner what if your partner wants yeah. them to grow up yeah. Hindu? Wants them. Well, I'll say like don't force them like if they they can come with us to temple etc and all that stuff. Um, and it's their, their choice. I, like you can't force someone to do something. If the more you force someone to do something, the more they're going to rebel. So is the, is is the conclusion that we've reached then that broadly it's okay to bring up your kids in a certain in a certain value system but the Provided that there's a lib, there are fundamental liberal values at the heart of it that say this is right and this is right and this is wrong about certain fundamental values, like being nice to other people. Is is that I, the? I think that's a good. Is that the conclusion? I think that's a safe. I didn't expect us all to be to have this much agreement, to be honest. But I, I that seems that's I don't know. Is that is that culture? Culture is good. Religion is good. But there are there is a line, and that line is bigotry and discrimination and intolerance of others. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, that, that's actually a really good one. Like, I'll say, like, one of the differences that I would obviously do is, like, teach my kid a lot more about the other culture. Obviously, I'd hope they go to a very ethnically diverse school, but I'd also want them to read up on a lot more thing in their own time around, like, you know, the, what happened with, for example, India-Pakistan, whether what, what happened with, like, slavery, like, pro- proper understanding, not whatever the school system solely tries to teach us because it's obviously a very if you watch it only through their eyes i feel like you're only going to end up a certain way that they want you to turn out really if anything if like around that because we were blessed weren't we for growing up where we grew up that we because we're in northwest london as well like because we're surround we're in one of the most multicultural parts of the country so we almost we learn about those other cultures without even trying, don't we? Yeah, so like, that's the thing, right? Like, that's, that's also one of the points, like, one of my best friends being, like, Pakistani and Muslim. Obviously, it's a scary situation for people who, are, like, came from India and blah, blah, blah. But to me, I'm like, look here, yeah, that person's, yeah, like, that person's back me in this situation. Why am I not going to back them now? 
Like they're, they're basically the equivalent of my brother and I'm not going to have it. Like just because I understand you have all this historical beef and I've read up a bit on it. But that beef, like it's on you to continue it if you want to continue that warring. But I don't have to continue it because for me, that person can be my best friend. That person can be my best friend. That person could also be my, you know, my worst enemy. The kid will kind of, I don't know, as a kid, like you have that choice, like, I know, I'm going to keep rambling if we don't we'll switch topics. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was a good. Uh, that was that was a good debate. I mean, we did come to like a sort of a sort of an answer. But this is the thing. I think a lot of the people that we surround ourselves on our mutuals are quite open minded to a lot of these things. So there's a lot of like trying to look for like the correct without being like too forceful or like too racist or anything. Like we try to come through a good, I guess, middle ground. Try to be like quite try to make, do a quite good educational or like morally correct response to things you know like or how we try to improve in the future so that's like also one of the big things that we difference but that's also just because of the crowd we kind of associate ourselves with right so what, what was the other view that you've normally had like with this conversation often not that even though people like-minded liberal people like us young, I, I, but it's often that that i often get oh josh it's easy for you to say you're white and didn't have this problem which i which i get i get that to be fair that makes sense I, I, i'm conscious of that usually it's like well no this is this is what they know and this yeah. is how that like, is their child and it's their house and it's their rules so people should respect that and i sort of think no you shouldn't respect that i don't think we should accept that just because somebody has a particular cultural belief that that it should automatically be okay if your culture says that it is that you should be intolerant of people of a different race or a different sexuality mm. or a different ethnicity then i don't think we should respect that cultural belief that needs to be, that needs, I, I, I think that should be condemned. And I think it, I don't think parents have, should have the right to bring up their child to, uh, in, in that, in that way to, to, to abide by that. But I often get, often the, the response I get from that is, well, that is itself quite a, um, not racist, but quite a, de- hmm. do you see what I'm going? Quite a discriminatory review. Cause what I'm now criticizing other cultures as a white English guy. So it doesn't uh, look good. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, that's often really the response fine. I get from even like-minded people like us. So no, it's basically like, or do you want your child to go through what you did? Or do you want them to do, go through a better version of it? Basically like surely like, yeah. Cause I thought I the know. people that have been in that situation, surely they wouldn't want yeah, to put their kids, yeah, right? Like I wouldn't, yeah. I would never. They're not saying they'd, sorry. No, they're not saying they'd bring up their kid like that. They'd bring up their kid. Like what oh, you they're said, saying Hamish. that we can't intervene in someone. Yeah. You know, house. you said that you, Hamish, you said you'd bring up your kid different to how you were brought up. Yeah. They're, they'd say that too, but they're saying that I can't question or criticize people who do bring up their child in a more maybe um, a conservative or, or restricted way because that's what they know. Is it because they feel like you might be like, you're not, but it's like you're criticizing their, or maybe you are a bit, you're criticizing like their parents and their upbringing. It could be that. It could be that. It could so be again, maybe it's a bit a, defensive. people take personally defensive. Yeah. And I, I try and broach the, I know it's hard, but I do try and broach the subject as sort of in as an objective a way as possible. But I get that it is personal and people maybe do react personally. But I also know people who have had quite a strict upbringing and they are more than happy to criticize their own upbringing because they're like, no, that's, that's not how it should be done. So I get, I get both. I often get both sides of that spectrum. And I feel blessed that I'm even able to have those conversations with people and that I know so many people from so many different backgrounds. Yeah, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like, obviously, like, would you teach your soldiers like along the same like would you force them to be in the military or something like you know like would you not teach them the right and wrong of like killing would you teach them why you're going to war etc like 
what the war that you're going to enter as a result like what's the actual purpose behind it is it for oil is it for no reason at all just to just a power like grabbing thing like but that, that's a whole different debate that will spiral into but yeah it's kind of like the parents duty and i feel like someone else should say something to you if you're if you're gonna like teach them to be like a racist or a bully in school or something like that, you know like but as a society we don't as a society yeah, like, as a teacher there's a fact that well they don't that's the thing teachers don't tell parents and a lot of te- like we have this I don't know if it's a British thing but I feel like there's this idea that oh you, we have this don't tell me how to bring up my child attitude and this idea that parents know best when often they don't <laughs> yeah. that's not just true of culture that could be true of education as well like so I'm not sure I, I don't think I mean I'm, I'm friends with you teachers I don't think I don't think teachers would be comfortable saying that to a parent I don't know um, teachers can notice when things are wrong and they can report it to the appropriate authorities yeah you're right it's it's not done in a lot of cases but then a lot of them yeah i guess they may feel the same way as you know like they can't intervene in someone else's household fully unless it's going to actually damage the kid or hurt the kid i can see i can kind of see the perspective but i just think it's a locked off perspective like that is a bit it's a bit backwards in our society that we're trying to correct do you know what i mean like we're trying to eradicate things like racism and doing a backwards thing like that is just like what? What progress are we making? When I when I realised that Hamish's kids are miserable, yeah, in that household, I'm I'm intervening. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell my kids you're an op. And that, that's the only thing. That I'd, I'd accept people telling me I'm wrong for that. I'm going to be like that kid's an op. Yeah, he's made my life miserable for fucking years. Yeah, if you see his kids, mash them up. Not joking. Wow. I wouldn't tell wow. them to do that. <laughs> yeah, unless there are any more like final final thoughts on that. That was it. Was a good conversation. Yeah, that was a really good conversation. Yeah, no, I think that was a good one. It's one of our better debates we've had so far. Oh, really? Oh, are you sending shots for someone, Aaron? Oh, who are you sending for? And I'll say no more, innit? Oh, fuck Girl, it. If you've been a guest before and we've had a debate question, <laughs> i just send for you right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, she also is dead. All <laughs> 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 right, sweet. Then I guess on that note, it's been a really good episode. So I guess we'll move to the final questions. And I'll start with the first one is if you could listen to one song or album forever, what would it be? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I was thinking about this. This one I was like, off the cuff, it's hard to do. So I'd, if it was forever, I'd want something uplifting, inspiring, yeah? So I think something, maybe something by Kasabian, you know, like Clubfoot, you know that song? Okay, yeah. So if, you're, if you're a football fan, you know FIFA, that song, FIFA yeah? Thing. It, it, is, it is FIFA, yeah. It's a, but it was, yeah, it was, it's a big football song. Like, a lot of football grounds will play it before kickoff. So something like that, something uplifting and inspiring, I guess. I do like Kasabian. So that would be, be my one song, I think, forever. Cool. So you talked a bit about your music and like modeling and stuff. Second question is what's next for you? Love Island 2021. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I, uh, I, I used to make, when I was in uh, San Francisco, I, I got like loads of like the house to start watching Love Island. And I was like, you know what? Love Island 2024. That's, that's the goal. That's, if I'm still single by 2024, I'm going to Love Island. <laughs> but I've got to put in a lot of work. Uh, love Island that like, is trash TV but I love it I love it no it's not legit oh, I would yeah. I know no no, no absolutely <laughs> not that would if you got Love Island that's a modelling contract <laughs> out of the door as it, soon it, it is <laughs> but it's no no I, can't, I mean I'm almost impressed at the people that go on there it's just like you're seeing that the most every action scrutinized and no i think you have to be a little bit unhinged to even want to do that <laughs> you know i mean like um so, i thought you said you had to be a little bit unhinged for a second then i realized you said unhinged i would i wouldn't do that what's next i i uh i don't know i don't like i don't really set long-term goals i, I tend to set quite short-term goals like, i just want to see where this where this takes me i want to get what's next what's next is immediately getting this album done 
yeah Shit, and, and getting, that, getting that out there to share it with the world you know that's next right. Aaron, we need like, to start a record label you know that like and just have like a third wheel record label that was one of my yeah, ideas yeah. as well just so you know record label. Okay. capture everyone under the third wheel umbrella wherever possible in whatever category you can I like that. I like that idea yeah hopefully hopefully it's uh, out already so people listening can check it out mm. and the third and final question is what has been your most memorable third wheeling experience? And as you listen to the episode, you know that we don't mean on the podcast. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, um, I don't know. I think for a while I lived, so before I live at home again now, but before I lived at home, I was living with, uh, I was living with my cousin and his girlfriend. That, so that was an actual daily third wheeling experience. So there's that. I also got, do you guys, um, do you guys remember jailbreak? Yeah. At Warwick? Did you ever do it? I was tempted, but I didn't want to do it. Yeah, fair, fair enough. That that whole thing for me was a third wheel ex- experience, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name this. But if these people are listening, they know who yeah, they are. Uh, the two, I went with another boy and a girl, and the whole time there was like the ten, the sexual tension between them, the constant. There was far too much cuddling going on. Uh, it was, it was, it was funny. It was cute, but my god, I, I, I for the whole of jailbreak that we did it, I, I was that was a massive third wheeling experience for me. Uh, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> they never even got together. Never oh, really? happened. Oh. No. Were you cock-blocking it? Is that what was happening? I was. I was doing. I was trying to stay as out of the way as possible from them. They. Uh, they. I probably was. To be fair, if I if I wasn't there, who knows what would have happened? Maybe they'd be together now. But you never know. You know. But that was are. a massive third wheel. <laughs> you know who you are. Anyone you'd like to see on the podcast? Yes, I think you guys should interview my friend Jason uh, also ex Warwick inspirational guy quality footballer as well and he has started and runs his own charity about um to do with development and education uh, in Africa and he is uh he'll have loads to say about that he, he's all around good guy so i think you should interview him okay yeah i think i, th- I think i know who you're talking about all right this is Jason uh I don't know how to pronounce the surname. Katen, Katenge. I pronounce it wrong. So I, I, I've been calling him Katenge. Okay. And yeah. apparently he's not. It's Katenge. Uh, I'm sure he'll correct it. Yeah. No, no. We will. Uh, we yeah. We will tag him on on social media. And see get what him, he says. Get him involved. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And the final bit is a shout out. So you can just basically pr- plug and promote anything you want. Uh, obviously, like uh, he, he doesn't need any more promotion, but uh, that that he's already had. But I think you know, guys, if you haven't heard Kian, if you haven't heard Kian's music yet, go check go check his uh, his stuff out on Spotify um, and his stuff out on YouTube. He, he's just an all round very talented guy. I also want to shout out my cousin, who is also um, an artist, um, Naomi Banks. So go check her music out on Spotify. That's your cousin. I feel like I've heard. Wait, <laughs> you might have done. Yeah, she's a professional singer. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But shout out as well. But you know what? I feel like she's featured on something that I must have heard of. Right? I doubt it. Because it's more music you listen to, Hamish. <laughs> she's more like... I've heard of a Naomi, but I don't know what, what Naomi is, I guess. Listen to the odd Dua Lipa and Taylor Swift and... <laughs> okay, it's that kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. The odd one. Um, so go check go check uh, my cousin out Naomi Banks right my shout is going to be I'm gonna, I have three albums slash EPs um, the first one is P Money Whilst We Wait um, second one is if you're reading this it's too late by Drake third one is whatever the name of Josh's one is here edit it in that he's going to release hopefully by the time this drops and yeah check the uh, description for the links as, as you've all got music themed I'm just going to shout out my Spotify uh, <laughs> go go check that out if you're interested uh, got a load of playlists and all that I'm sure there's something to suit everyone yeah, awesome. Thanks, Josh, for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for, yeah. And it's nice to actually like speak properly for like first time. Yeah, sweet. Uh, and on that note, I guess, everyone, hope you have a good day. See ya. Bye. Bye.
Damn, but I outran and out that session. I scored for a challenge and he put me to the test. Didn't have much left, still missing my ex. But I marched you to me, there's a spring in my step. Cause man came for Asia, I have a mad sex. Back on that road, finding that quest, needed that release, ending that stress, filling that hole, wiping that mess. Man, solid, I still hold tight, like still moving on too quick. Wasn't part of the deal, they say you need time. Time to see how I feel, but I don't need time. It's the pussy that heals, fucking that bitch.